What is up, YouTube? Welcome into a Monday edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Monday, August 28th, 20 and 23. More importantly, though, Buck, it is game week. That's right. The Longhorns are back in action this Saturday taking on the Rice Owls to open up the 2023 season. We've got a lot to talk about, plenty of college football to get into, plenty of NFL to get into. We'll talk some golf. We'll talk some baseball. We are jam-packed, taking you all the way until 10 o'clock. What's going on, Buck? Man, it was a wonderful, wonderful day yesterday as the rain came cascading down here in the tiny hamlet of Dripping Springs, Texas. What an evening here. Early evening was fantastic for the folks that live out here in Dripping Springs, as, as of course, I called it. Yes, there was rain. What are you talking about? There wasn't any rain. Are you kidding me? Did you get rain down there? Of course I got rain down here. I'm a meteorologist. I am a true professional. I'm not like the rest of them. I'm not a guesser. I said that there would be rain. I actually said that there would be a rain on Monday, and there still is a chance. But anything within 24 hours is a hit for for me. Well, it didn't rain where I am, so I don't consider it a hit at all because I didn't get hit with rain. You're only five miles away from where I am. I live in Austin, you know, where a lot of people watching us and listening to us live. Not a ton of people live out where you live, okay? So if it rains out there, it doesn't count. You don't get credit for being right because you said it was going to rain in Austin, and it didn't rain in Austin. What is that? Sort of like if, if you had a radio station and it fell in the woods, did you really have a radio station anywhere? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't hear it fall. I mean, serious. What a beautiful day it was. And I've got plenty of rain. I probably got 25 to 30 minutes of rain and wind. You got a lot of wind, I'm pretty sure of. Yeah. Yeah. You called me last night and you told me it was raining by you. And I went right outside and it started howling like crazy. You know, it felt like a storm was coming. It felt like we were going to get the rain. And then just nothing ever happened. It never came. It never showed. It was like 30 minutes of wind, and then it just dissipated, and that was the end of well, that. that's what happens to non-believers. That happens a lot to people that don't believe. Yeah, you I know. don't believe in rain because it never rains here. That's why I don't believe. <laughs> it hasn't rained in months in this city. Oh. We got that like 10, 15-minute tease last week, and that's which about I it. Called also, which I called that it would rain. Yeah, and you did send me a video of what was supposedly rain in your area, but at the end of the video, I saw your wife holding the garden hose just spraying water. I think <laughs> I that's what that's was not, going on there. It ain't true. <laughs> that ain't true. Let's say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much. Come rain, shine, high water. You're always there for us. You know what? Thank you very much to all you soldiers out there and all to the, all the families of the soldiers that share their their uh, sons and daughters and moms and dads with us. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. Buck, it is game week for the Texas Longhorns. The Horns opening up the 2023 campaign against the Rice Owls, of course, at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium this Saturday at 2.30. Oh, my God. 2.30? How about that? Yeah, we couldn't get a night game because of TV. It's a nationally televised game on Fox. You know, this is one of those rare times, Buck, where I wish a game was on Longhorn Network because if it was, it'd be a night game, and that would help a little bit. It's still going to be hot as hell on Saturday night. Everybody knows that, but 2.30, I'm going to give an early thoughts and prayers to the players and coaches and fans wow. who are sitting through that on Saturday, man. That is insanely hot. 
I told you before the show, I had a, a high school game to do Lake Travis versus Arlington Martin. And I walked across the football field itself on purpose. Generally, I'll, I'll walk away from that field because I know how hot it can be. I walked across the AstroTurf or whatever the turf field was there. Let me tell you something. I've never been on a field that's been that hot. There would have been no way, forget being a player, as a coach, I could have, at 68 years old, could have stood out there and handled that heat. It was as hot a place as I've ever been at Lake Travis University. I mean, it was so hot there. That was Friday night too, right? Yeah, that was a, yeah, I got there around 4.35 o'clock, but it was a night game. I, I just don't know, man. I don't know how the kids do it. Hell, the old ball coaches standing out there too, yelling and screaming and running up and down the sideline. Or it is dangerous outside. Mm. And hopefully all the kids that, that played this, you know, Friday night lights and Thursday night made it through safe. And they're, I mean, just sitting in the stands is so uncomfortable. I mean, I can't imagine. I've, I've talked to some guys that had to go down. You know, I talked to Michael Griffin uh, of the University of Texas, former Longhorn, lifetime Longhorn. I talked to him. He was down in Houston, I think, at his uh, son, son or daughter's soccer game. And he goes, try to sit in an aluminum seat. <laughs> You know, yeah. everybody's bleachers. Oh, yeah. And can you imagine people popping up? Nobody's nobody's complaining about you popping up an umbrella there. Nobody's complaining about that because you can't survive. You can't sit there. A hat, it goes right through the hat. You know, it goes yeah. right through your clothing. It is absolutely amazing the heat that we've gone through. And that's why I did call for rain yesterday. And that's why certain parts of Central Texas got it. And I am one of the parts. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful for the rain that we got last night. Yeah, you're the only part that got it, so congratulations. Now stop bragging, please, because we we need some around the rest of Central Texas. Hey, the Longhorns have won 15 in a row against Rice. Um, Any idea who was a part of the coaching staff the last time the Horns lost to the Rice Owls, Buck? I was. I was the running back coach on a Sunday night on ESPN. What happened there? It was heartbreaking. It was was misery, and it was – a group of players that didn't really want to be there and they played that way and we coached that way and we got hammered. Speaking of it rained that night. I guarantee you, I was a part of that. There was a rainstorm and floods and it was a long bus ride back from Houston to Austin, Texas, for sure. I bet it was. I bet it was. So since then, the Horns, once again, 15 straight wins against Rice. The last time these two teams met was back in 2021. Texas led 58 to nothing going into the fourth quarter of that game. That was the final score as well. So it was an absolute beatdown of the Rice Owls by the Texas Longhorns. Buck, the Horns are 35 to 35 and a half point favorites right now, depending on where your cousin goes to make his or her bets. This should be an easy win for the Longhorns, and anything less than that obviously gives you some serious cause for concern going forward the rest of the way. Yeah, after the second quarter, it probably shouldn't be much of a contest. By halftime, this thing should be well in hand and ready to come out in the third quarter and play some some young players ought to get some real opportunities to play in that football game. There shouldn't be any doubt about that. This team is much better. Uh, we'll see if they're if they're better coached in game number one because a lot of weird things happen in game number one. Uh, penalties can happen. Unorganizations, you know, you've got to be organized, but your organization has to be really, really together. You, you don't want to look sloppy in game one, offensively, defensively, special teams, especially your special teams. That's where you can – really look kind of screwed up and not organized. And this, this group should be buttoned up and ready to go for week one. I'm not, I'm not even looking forward to week two until we get through week one because the mistakes of week one, 
you know, you generally, you know, you'll get better from week one to week two. That's what everyone says. But you don't want to be so sloppy in week one that it still carries over. Some of the madness and the mess that you have in week one will carry over to week two. There should be a lot of excitement. A lot of guys should be excited about playing somebody different, but they are just better than what Rice is. Yeah, look, this doesn't need to be 58 to nothing, but I'd be a little bit upset if Texas didn't cover the spread this weekend. Like, I, I expect Texas to win this game by five touchdowns or more on uh, on Saturday afternoon. And I know Rice brought in JT Daniels. Okay, well, he's Texas, been everywhere. Texas has owned that dude wherever he's been. And obviously, the talent discrepancy between these two teams is monumental. So, this, like you said, this needs to be an easy win for the Longhorns. And we need to see a lot of the depth guys get some playing time and, and not just in the last three to five minutes of the fourth quarter. Now right. like this needs to be a quarter and change where you're getting to see Malik Murphy play a little bit, where you're hopefully getting to see Arch Manning play a little bit. Obviously it's not just at the quarterback position. You're talking about getting some run for the backups on the offensive line, right? And the defensive line, because look, injuries happen. Hopefully nobody gets hurt on Saturday, but injuries happen over the course of the year. So to get, you know, as many guys as possible, some actual game experience, I think, pays dividends over the course of a long college football season, making sure that, hey, if one of those younger guys, those inexperienced guys is thrown into the fire because of an injury later in the year, then they're good to go. It's not like, oh, shoot, this is my first time playing on a Saturday. What do I do? No, they've got some experience. I know it's Rice. I know it's a little bit different, but they've got some experience and some comfortability actually being in uh, being in the game. On a, uh, on a Saturday against somebody else. Yeah, it'll be important for me to see if, if C.J. Baxter is, uh, is he closer to being a starting running back or is he closer to being the third running back? That's, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. If, if he's capable uh, in a game like Rice in you know the, the third series of going in there and being a starter, if something were to happen and he had to start um, versus TCU or if he had to start versus Alabama, is he that kind of ball player or is he this – uh, just a young guy that can come in when you're beating up on somebody in the fourth quarter and he can get three or four series and, and call it a night. Can he start a series at the running back position where he looks as comfortable as the starter himself? So it'll be interesting yeah. to see some of these guys, the wide receivers, you know, can Cook get in there and play as a – if he had to be a starter because you because two guys went down? Or is he just a guy that is so young you don't see him until the end of the third quarter, maybe into the fourth quarter? Yeah, that's one of the most exciting parts of the start of a new season, right? You get to see what the freshmen do and oh, yeah. start running a top three recruiting class in all of college football. So there's a ton of talent in this freshman class for Texas. And you're right. I mean, we'll get the chance to see all of these guys this Saturday against Rice. That's a benefit of opening up against kind of a cupcake opponent. Is yeah, Absolutely. You're going to get to see a bunch of guys on your team. But you're right. C.J. Baxter, what does he do? Jonte Cook, what does he do? Anthony Hill. Uh, Malik Muhammad, who apparently in Texas's scrimmage on Saturday was really good once again. I mean, it's just felt like every report at a fall camp involving the freshman corner has been super, super positive. So to actually see those guys, right? Like some of them we saw in the spring, but you know, right. the early enrollees, they, they don't play that much in the spring game. And when they do, you know, it's not always great. Think about Arch Manning, who didn't look that great in the spring game, but by all accounts has had a tremendous fall. Uh, now you actually get to see – what a full off-season program has done for those guys. And you get to see yeah, what those freshmen in this heralded recruiting class that Sark and company brought in can actually bring to the table against somebody else. That's exciting as hell for me. Yeah, because if you're, if you're good, I mean, if you're good enough, you're old enough. That's how, that's how it is. That's just how it's going to play out. And it's not going to just play out for game one. It's going to play out throughout the season if you're good enough, you're old enough. It won't be, well, he's just a freshman, you know, 
he's going to get better. Well, we understand that. Well, if he's just a junior, I expect for him to get better too as the games go on. But if you are good enough, you are definitely old enough. And it looks like they have players that are good enough. You know, yeah. is that what R. Kelly said? <laughs> I hope not. Don't be quoting wow. R. Kelly on this show, man. Wow. We're unfiltered. We ain't that unfiltered. I don't yeah, want any part man. of that dude. Yeah. Some uh, some other positive takeaways from this scrimmage. Apparently, Quinn Ewers was very, very solid on Saturday. You know, he had a couple of turnovers in last Saturday's scrimmage, the second scrimmage of fall camp for Texas. Did bounce back and finish well last week, but apparently he just looked a lot better and more comfortable uh, a couple of days ago, which is great. We talked about Malik Muhammad, apparently another strong performance by him. Gavin Holmes, the transfer corner from Wake Forest. Fuck, the, the cornerback room for Texas, man. I, I think Trey and I were talking about this last week. If you asked me right after the spring game, how I felt about the corners on this team, I would have told you not very good. Of like course, I would have told yeah. you that I, I think maybe that's a weakness for this Texas team here in 2023. But with just what Gavin Holmes has done, the rise of Malik Muhammad, and it just feels like now Texas has maybe four really, really solid outside corners, not even mentioning the guys in the slot, but just on the outside, it feels like Texas has a bunch of options for guys who can play and play at a high level. Uh, this cornerback room should be good, and obviously in today's college football, you need a good secondary, and it sounds like Texas has it. Well, I, I, as I said before, I said I, I think this group, you know, by midway in the season, they'll be in the top 10 secondaries in the country, period, all around. Just when it comes to interceptions, tackles, just when you look at look at some of the teams that have their secondaries returning, and this will be one of the top 10, and it'll get that way quick, I believe, because I believe they're, they've got the kind of talent at cornerback. They definitely have it at safety. You know, they've got players at safety, you know, and but I, I think what's going to happen is this defensive line is going to play so well, it's going to force quarterbacks to make quick decisions, and that's a good thing for the cornerbacks and the safeties on this Longhorn football team. So I'm, I'm expecting big things out of this secondary. I think it may be one of the top secondaries that nobody's really talking about as some of the best in the country. Hmm. I hope you're right. God, I hope you're right. That's going to make life so much easier for this Texas team. And with some of the questions I have on the edge position in terms of the pass rush, if you can get good secondary play, give oh, those yeah. guys up front a little bit more time to hit home, that's going to go a long way in making life a lot easier for Pete Kwiatkowski's defense this year. Uh, a couple other noteworthy nuggets that I read about from the scrimmage on Saturday – John Tay Cook, we talked about him. We're excited about him as a wide receiver, but apparently he was getting some time returning punts. That's okay with me. Saturday. You cool with that? I'm very cool with that. The, the sooner the better you get him back there and take your starting wide receiver and get him off the field as a punt returner. This, this is a there's a spot for this kid as a kickoff returner and punt returner, and it's time to get him get him settled in there. And what better way to do it against Rice? If you're gonna ever do it. It's playing against Rice to get him back there and be the be the punt returner. Don't wait, you know, and, and say let's get him used to it late in the late in fall camp. Maybe not for the Rice game because you're definitely not going to put him back there in the Alabama game if he doesn't play in the Rice game. I wouldn't. That, that yeah. that's not the first place that I would stick him in on the road in Tuscaloosa against that team as a punt returner. You know, yeah, he's the kind of kid that not only can catch the ball, he can catch the ball and go with it. Yep. And I don't want my broken hand, kind of fragile wide receiver back there doing that. I need him to catch them bombs and catch those mid-level passes and run with them. I don't care about him getting blown up on the punt returns. And this kid will start – this kid will be – he'll have a start to get a knack for that, and this will be his specialty, I, I believe. And this will help the special teams out an awful lot too. 
Yeah, I want Jonte Cook on the field, man. You said yes. it. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like, this dude is a supreme talent, super highly touted recruit. Uh, you watch his highlight tapes from high school, and it's ridiculous what this guy can do on the field. You want him playing as much as possible. And look, if he's good enough, I mean, this is a meritocracy. Like you said, you quoted R. Kelly. If he's old enough, she's good. What was it? What, what was, what <laughs> was the quote old, If he's good enough, he's old enough, not she. Okay. If he's good enough, he's old enough. Just making sure I got that one right. No, it's Richard. not Robert R. Kelly, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if he's look, if he's good enough, he's gonna play at wide receiver. And we'll see Jonte Cook on the outside on Saturday, you would hope and you would think. But uh man, with with this wide receiver room, apparently Isaiah Nayor had a really good scrimmage. We know what Worthy is, we know what Whittington is. Uh AD Mitchell has been awesome since getting to the 40 acres. Like it might be tough because Texas is usually an eleven personnel, which means three receivers on the field. Okay, it might be tough for Jonte Cook to find a ton of playing time, especially in bigger games early in the season to get him in there as a punt returner to make sure that, yeah, now this dude can be that electric playmaker that he was in high school. Uh, that's what you want. You want game-changing weapons, and I think Jonte Cook has the ability to do that. You want those guys playing as much as possible. You don't want them sitting on the sidelines. So hopefully there is a role for uh, for Jonte Cook. And, yeah, if he is a punt returner, that's going to be a lot of fun, man. And hopefully like look, Texas, Texas, Rice should be punting a lot. So I don't know if Jonte Cook's going to be the first punt returner out there, but uh, hopefully he gets a few opportunities on Saturday against Rice to showcase what he can do as a return man. Yeah, well, we don't want to see him, you know, returning kicks a lot. That's a bad thing if if they're kicking off an awful lot. But as a punt returner, we ought to see him. Yeah, we ought to get out there and catch at least five of those during the course of a football game just to get him prepared. Because if if he can handle that situation at home in front of 100,000, at 2.30 in the middle of the afternoon in the heat. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny. Well, then he should be ready to go to Tuscaloosa and get it done. I mean, you'll be able to see that. You'll just – you'll notice just the way how relaxed he is as a punt returner, that he's not just flying all over the place, running up. He hasn't timed up. You know, I coached punt returners and kickoff returners, and, you know, that perimeter of about a five yards where that ball is going to land, I told the punt returners, you know, the great ones like Kelvin Martin – Wayne McGarity, get to that spot within five yards where you think it's going to drop and then cruise from that part on. Don't start flying up to the ball out of control and then all of a sudden have to make some crazy catch. Start moving, start on the move quickly, and then get to the spot and just kind of cruise around a little bit where you can get to that five-yard radius and then make it an easy catch. So you'll just just watch his timing and how he, how he maneuvers himself around because one thing you don't want is a guy that won't catch the ball. Yeah. You know, just, just horrified of catching it. You know, the coaches say, well, you know, some coaches will tell you, well, it's good you didn't go get that one. I'm in the other way. No, you need to get that ball. That's why you're back there. You can't have that ball bounce and then go 15 yards behind you. Your job is to catch the ball. Now, I'd rather see you catch it and not run it than not catch it and drop it or bounce it. So catching it is number one. Number one priority is catch it and then run with it. Yeah. And you can't, but you can't have it bounce all over the place. That's what makes fans nervous if a guy's just, and you can tell, if he's horrified of catching the ball, because you as a fan yourself, you'll put yourself in that situation and said, hell, even I could have got to that and just got my hands on it. This guy doesn't even get to it because he doesn't want to. You, you know, the guys are afraid to go get him. You really yep. do. You can see it. You can see it in high school. You can see it in Pop Warner. I mean, you, I, I mean, little kids in your family. I mean, you're like, nope, he doesn't want that ball. <laughs> he wants to talk about being a punt returner, but he really doesn't want to catch that ball and return that punt for sure. Yeah, you there can is. tell at the Thanksgiving scrimmage who wants oh, yeah. the ball oh, yeah. and who doesn't, right? 
yeah, if you knocked out pieces of the of the fence where you knocked him through it every once in a while, he's like, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to catch that button and get killed. Yeah, absolutely no. not. If I was a return coach, I would literally say, catch the ball. Just catch the ball. I don't care if you fair catch it every time. Just do not muff the punt, please. Like those and are do not just, let it bounce and go over your head anywhere. You're oh, right. Those are just game changing plays. The fumbled punts and just major flipping of the field position. And I uh, I can't stand those. That's like my biggest pet peeve. And I know it's hard, dude. Like catching punts is tough. All right. Like I I've tried it a few times. And if you just throw the average Joe Schmo out there and tell him to go catch a punt from a college or NFL punter, they're gonna have a tough time doing it. But that's like for me. That's the bare minimum, and that's that's all I need. Just catch the damn punt. I, I I'll I'll be happy with that. And I always freak out. I get in a panic when I see that dude. He's like not even in the TV screen, and at the last second, you see him running up full. Just, speed. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like, what I'm saying. You got to get to that five yard spot, and then that that means you can just. Uh, I mean, you can lollygag to get to where it's gonna. I said, know where it's gonna land. Watch this punter in pregame. Know how he's kicking the ball. He's not all of a sudden, if he's knocking the ball 42, 41, he's not knocking it 70 in the game. So get to the spot where you know that ball is really going to land, what he's kind of averaging, and cruise around to it like a center fielder. Just make it look easy. Not the center fielder that goes flying back and crashes into the wall when he could have just got back on the back pedal immediately. Don't don't have that happen to you. BK, I want to tell you about my good friends out at Covert and BK. Um this is a group that since 1909, the Covert family has been selling cars and trucks in Central Texas. And right now, they've got some unbelievable things going on out in Bee Cave, Texas, in the beautiful hill country. They've got three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep. And that's right, boys, your Ram truck. They're out there, too, looking just for you. And they've got something for everybody out there in Bee Cave. They've got all GM models and they service all the GM models, 86 service bays throughout, and folks, there's minimal weight. And I love the folks out there. When you're out there, do say hello to Dan and Mike, of course. And for more information on all the great sales, which isn't a monthly deal, it's a weekly deal out there. They have great savings and sales. Go to covertbcave.com. That's covertbcave.com. And folks, I remember this a long time ago. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not now, not ever. Super not excited now. to have the Coverts on board with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. You see their logo on your screen right now. We've got a few more sponsors that we get to talk about moving forward on this channel. And uh, yeah, major shout out to the Covert. We've got some big things planned with the Covert Auto Group over the course of football season. So definitely stay tuned in. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and continue to spread the word because yeah, major, major plans for football season right here on TSU. And how about my new setup, Buck? I like it, man. I see back there. I see 7-Eleven in the background. Come yeah. on, baby. Yeah, we'll mention 7-Eleven right now as we're talking about it. Go see our guy, Ashish. Hey, game day. This week, you've got your tailgates. You've got your watch parties. If you need to fuel up for yourself, for your friends, for your family, go to 7-Eleven. They've got locations all over Central Texas. They've got locations all over the state of texas all of the snacks and drinks and beer that your heart will desire go see our guy ashish he runs three different 7-elevens here in austin texas say what's up to him he's a big longhorn fan big texas sports unfiltered fan he's always going to take care of you but once again just get to any 7-eleven there's got to be one by you and fuel up for the end of the summer but also fuel up for football season with our friends at 7-eleven 11. Been very fortunate for this Longhorn football team throughout. I don't know how the how the weekend went. You know, we'll hear more about maybe guys that got a little banged up, but going into game week, 
it looks like they've had a great summer. They've had a great uh, – they, the, the fall is looking good. Nobody – no major injuries right now, which is a good thing. Some of the guys that were hurt during the spring have healed up a little bit. So they should go into this game looking really, really very healthy, BK. And that's – I mean, that's important to all the teams that are playing coming in, whether it's the NFL, whether it's high school, college all over the country. You know, we had week zero or whatever the hell that was on Saturday. But, you know, those teams were pretty healthy too. And, and for the Longhorns to be healthy going into a game like Rice, because you will the, – the competition is different. I know the, the players that you practice against are better, but it's different when the other team has a different color jersey on. And you put that little extra in there. You know, you'll see guys – you know, I, I saw that in the high school game. That heat will make you cramp up a little bit different than it makes you cramp up at practice. You know, you dig in just a little bit deeper when you make your cuts. You know, you, you do things at a different type of speed. So guys will have to be – ready for, for game one. You can't take, you take nobody lightly. You don't, you know, you anticipate that that team is as good as any team that you'll play on your football schedule. That's how, that's why you have to look at it. And especially in game one, because there will be mistakes. There will be that adversity. How you handle that adversity is going to be important. Or do you just keep letting it go? Do you keep, do you keep jumping off sides? Do you keep having illegal procedures where it looks sloppy? You're good enough, but it just looks sloppy. You just don't want that to happen. You don't want your mind racing. You want to be under control. You want your mind to be settled, you know, after that first series, because it'll take you a series or two to kind of settle in. But you're you're far more superior than the group that you're going to play. So there shouldn't be a lot of that. Spoken like a true coach. Don't take anyone lightly. Guess what, Buck? I'm taking Rice lightly because they suck. (laughs) Texas should be able to take this group lightly and still beat them by 30 plus. Okay. Wow. I know what you're saying is what Sark is saying, and it's what Sark should be saying, right? That's what the coaches need to say. Like, hey, you know, don't don't play around with these guys, all right? Like, upsets happen. And, hell, if I'm Sark, I'm probably showing some highlights of, like, Appalachian State beating Michigan in the big house a few years ago. Like, hey, don't screw this thing up, all right? Like, this is what can happen if you take an opponent lightly, all right? Be serious here. Don't but. have him take showing shots of the rainy night – when we yeah. lost, to Rice. you I don't guys want to losing to no, Rice he doesn't need to see that. Yeah, look the at this idiot running back that. coach who uh, who couldn't get his guys ready to go for a game against Rice, and we lost because of it. You know, can't have that. But now this this is a bunch you should be able to take lightly and still take care of business. But if you don't take them lightly, if you do take them seriously, then Texas should win. And what do they say, Buck? Good teams win, great teams cover. Texas oh, yeah. should be able to cover the uh, the thirty five to thirty five and a half. That, uh, that is out there right now. So you're right. This team is relatively healthy. Uh, the Maurice Blackwell injury news that dropped at the end of last week, kind of a bummer. He's going to miss the first few weeks of the season. Uh, kind of a depth piece at linebacker, a guy who did play a good amount last year, a guy who probably was going to play a decent amount uh, early on this year. Not a starter for this Texas team, but still a nice rotational piece. Uh, he's going to miss some time. That injury hurts a little bit. But for the most part, yeah, this Texas team pretty healthy. Uh, going into the season, knock on wood, that that does not change between now and Saturday. Um, what about week zero, Buck? Did uh, you or your cousin? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. How about, no. We, how about an 0 and one start to Bucky's 1,000-unit locks because USC couldn't cover the 30-and-a-half against San Jose State, whoever the hell that is. Uh, they only win by 28 because Alex Grinch is like the worst offensive coordinator in the world. 28 and the, points against them? 
Yeah, 56 to 28, the final from the Coliseum. The USC offense looked good. No surprise. They've got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and they've got Lincoln Riley as their head coach. But the defense, all offseason long, Buck, all we heard out of Southern Cal was, oh, this defense is going to be different. It's a lot better than what it was last year, and it's not going to be a problem again in 2023. You said it. He gave up 28 points to the Spartans of San Josie State. San Josie State has a returning quarterback that was pretty good, though. Oh, come on. I need I need some kind of Alex Grinch's brother on here. That 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 cannot happen, dude. No, that is that was ridiculous. I should have taken the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I should have known better what they were gonna do to the poor Naval Academy. They got a chance to watch that film all summer long, and they just pushed those kids all over the place. They they totally destroyed Navy in every way. And Notre Dame had to do that. Their their new head coach, their second year head coach, needed that kind of victory. Because when they play teams like that in the middle of the season and all of a sudden you've been banged up and these guys start cutting your ankles and everything else, it's a problem. But you're absolutely right. In game one, it was a perfect, perfect time to get a team like the Naval Academy or yep. Army or, or the Merchant Marine or whoever they like to play. Yeah. No, Irish, the- whoever they pick on. Yeah, it was the perfect start to the year for Notre Dame, right? Because, yeah, you get that extra time to prepare for one of the academies and the crazy triple option offense that they run, and that's going to help out a lot. Uh, You only have a week to prepare for somebody like that, then things can get a little bit messy. Notre Dame obviously had all offseason. Not that they spent all of their time only focusing on stopping Navy's offense. but uh, They've been watching some Ohio State film too, believe me. Yeah, they had some extra time. And, oh, by the way, Notre Dame plays – Eddie George's bunch, Tennessee State next week. So there was no overlook factor for the Fighting Irish either, right? If they were playing Ohio State or Clemson or USC, you know, this weekend, then all right, hey, maybe they would have overlooked Navy a little bit. But when you're following up the Naval Academy with Tennessee State, uh, yeah, now things were going to go pretty well. And hey, having a quarterback matters. You talked about it, Buck. You're a big fan of the Shark Man, Sam Hartman. Like that guy. Look, I know Navy's not great, but still, like that dude was damn near perfect on Saturday. It's the best performance out of a Notre Dame quarterback I feel like we've seen in a while. Well, I mean, between the two quarterbacks, USC, I mean, I and I know where people have Sam Hartman. I know they have him something like the fourth quarterback or the fifth quarterback. I still think I think he's as good as as North Carolina's quarterback. I really, really do. I like the way he stands in the pocket. I mean, he's been in a throwing offense. He's had receivers. He understand. I mean, he, he's almost perfect for the pro game, I believe. So I like the way the two – I mean, between him and Caleb Williams, I think Caleb Williams obviously is going to be the number one uh, draft pick, period. He's just going to be that guy uh, coming yeah. out this year. He'll be one. But I think Sam Harmon is going to be in the top five picks. I think he's that good. I've, I've thought that of him since I've seen him at Wake Forest. For two years at Wake Forest, I thought he was – I thought he was an elite-style quarterback. And I nothing changed my mind about the way he looked, even against the Navy Academy. I think he'll do the same against – He's just that type of quarterback. He's just got that kind of elite arm. Yeah, 251 yards and four touchdowns in Notre Dame's 42-3 to victory over Navy in Dublin on Saturday. But the big news is I'm 0 for. Yeah, you're 0 for on the 1,000-unit lock. So, uh, you know, people are probably going to be Venmo requesting us a bunch of money today for you well, that, letting that, everybody that, down because people can't even eat this week in Austin, Texas because well, of you. Well don't worry done. about your kids' education. I'll get that all straightened out for you. After this first semester when the football season is at, at its end and the first semester of college, don't worry, you won't have to pay a thing in that second semester for the college fund because I'll have that money in your pocket. It's just a screw-up of week one. we got plenty more football to go. 
And yes, I should have taken the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, Lincoln Riley, come on, Lincoln. You can score more than that. You should have scored 70 points against them. Dude, Alex Grinch is the luckiest man on the face of the earth for still having his job, but he single-handedly might be responsible for the downfall of Lincoln Riley. Like Lincoln Riley, you know, sometimes buck coaches are too loyal. Uh, we talked about this with Tom oh, yeah. Herman a lot. Like he just he wouldn't make changes to his coaching staff when he needed to make changes with his coaching staff. I know Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch are boys, but it, it's clearly not working. Like it wasn't working at the end of their time together at Oklahoma, and it clearly hasn't worked at USC. I mean, Oklahoma fans wanted Alex Grinch fired before Lincoln Riley left, and they didn't do it. And USC fans were hoping this past offseason, like, hey, the defense wasn't good enough. That's what prevented us from making a college football playoff, right? right. Like we, we, you an we awful were right lot of there. Yeah. Yeah, we were right there, and we couldn't get over the hump. So let's do something that's going to get us over the hump. Let's make a change at defensive coordinator because our defense was Swiss cheese last year. And Lincoln Riley, once again, standing by his boy, he backs Alex Grinch again, and I know it's one game and USC won, but dude, 28 points and a lot of yards and a lot of big plays, too, that they gave up oh, yeah. to San Jose State. If I'm an SC fan, I'm not feeling great about uh, Lincoln's decision to keep that dude around. Well, it's making me nervous that now Dion may be able to score 14 points or 10 to 14 points <laughs> against USC because that, no matter what, that's all he's getting. 10 to uh, 14. So they're getting less than San Jose State got, huh? Oh, yeah. They're getting, of, of course, they're getting less. Dion's, I don't care if Dion's brother's playing quarterback. It doesn't really, really matter. They, that group is not getting more than 14 against USC. 14 is their height. And that's, and they get that late in the fourth quarter. Hmm. That's when they'll get that. But he yeah, should have. Dion's brother was playing quarterback, then, yeah. No, I don't think they're scoring any points because that guy's probably pretty old. So. <laughs> I don't know if that guy's moving around as well as his son, who actually is Colorado's quarterback yes, this we'll be year. The starter, yes. How about how about UTEP losing to Jacksonville State? Wow. Yeah, that one hurt the cousin a little bit. You didn't touch that. You didn't go anywhere near that game. No, you're, you're right. My cousin did. I didn't. My cousin. Wow, that poor cousin. What is wrong with that person? I mean, I, UTEP's been a decent program over the last couple of years. They were only like a one-point favorite against whatever Jacksonville State is. I didn't even know that was a school. I thought for sure that was an easy win Jacksonville for UTEP. Where Artist Gilmore went to school. Is that where oh, an ABA player? Is that where Artis went? No, I think he went to Jacksonville. There may be a Jacksonville University that he There went. is. Yeah, I've heard of that That's one. That's where he went. He went to Jacksonville. But he didn't go to Jacksonville State. Yeah, that one that one stings right there, man. That's that's a rough start. And uh man, I did have Hawaii though covering against Vanderbilt. Whenever you get a chance to bet against the Vanderbilt Commodores, you take that chance. So shout out to uh Hawaii and Timmy Chang, the quarterback out there, now the head coach for Hawaii. I was gonna say he can be still QB. <laughs> is he the coach or the offensive coordinator? He's he's everything. I think he's the head coach out there nice. now. Yep. Yep, so there you go. There's some uh, week zero takeaways. Uh, Sam Hartman, probably the biggest star. I'll tell you what, I don't know how much of the USC-San Jose State game you watched. Probably not a lot. It was also on Pac-12 Network. USC's got this kid. Zachariah Branch is his name. True freshman, five-star, one of the top 10 to 15 players in the country. Is he a wide receiver? Yeah, and he had a return touchdown as well. This dude, like if Caleb Williams wins another Heisman Trophy this year, a big reason why is going to be Zachariah Branch. Like that guy is a freaking monster. He didn't look like a freshman. He's one of those dudes that like, oh, you could tell this guy's going to be like I'm looking for how to cook. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like some of the things that people were saying about like Marvin Harrison Jr. in his first oh. couple of years. It's like, 
you know, Branch isn't that big. He isn't that built. I don't think he's that complete. But you talk about an explosive playmaker. Like, I think about Deshaun Jackson. Remember him? Oh, yeah, like, when he first like came on the scene, yes. That skill set to where, dude, every time the ball is in his hands, he's got the chance to break one. That dude had a couple of touchdowns, one kick return touchdown, one receiving touchdown. He almost broke a couple of punt returns as well. That guy's a freaking problem. Sam Hartman and Zachariah Branch, I think the two uh, biggest storylines from week one of the uh, – or excuse me, week zero of the college football season. Awesome. All right, Buck. Let's, uh, let's shift gears and get to the NFL. But before we do that, let's uh, give some love to a few more of our sponsors. Another new sponsor, you see the Brain Vault logo at the top of the screen. I'll talk about them in a second. But Brain Vault was put together by our guy, Dr. Greg Eckert. For sure. And his all-star group of professionals, they do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work. And, folks, I have my teeth, these beauties right here, the Denzel smile. I had those done in just two visits with Dr. Eckert. I had these wonderful veneers put in. And, folks, he does a fantastic job. Nobody does it better than Dr. Greg Eckert. Now, he, when, he, when it comes to general dentistry, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solution, he's going to be there for you, too. And right now they're doing a bunch of dental implants. You know, if, if you can't afford the veneers, check out the dental implants. Find out if you're a candidate for dental implants because he can turn that frown upside down in just one visit. Telephone number is 512 345 3166. He's been doing this for over 27 years in the Austin and surrounding area. He's done over 14 cases of restoring teeth. And folks, nobody does it as, as good as Dr. Greg Eckert. And if you got dental anxiety, which I've had for years before I went to see this guy, BK, by the way, I had a temporary filling in my mouth for 14 years. Really? 14 years because I was afraid to go to the dentist. That thing just sat there and sat there. That piece of cement just sat in the back of my jaws. And when I went to see Dr. Eckert, he couldn't believe what he saw. He said, dude, how long? I said, it's been 14 years, doc. I'm horrified of going to the dentist. So when you go to his, go to his office, you sit there in the waiting room, and you're, th you're, th you're there for just a couple minutes. And then Dr. Record, he'll come out. One of his staff members will come back and get you. They'll go in. You'll talk about what you want to have done, you'll, the smile that you wanted. I wanted to have the Denzel smile, which I got. I don't have the Denzel money, but I got that dude's smile, and that was important to me. And you can get that done with Dr. Greg Ecker, once again, 512-345-3166. Absolutely. And check out Brain Vault as well, a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. I was talking to Dr. Eckert on the phone a couple of days ago, and, man, they, they've got some crazy things planned with Brain Vault. This is the future of football. And if you're associated with an Austin area football team, a coach, a parent, a grandparent, and you want to make sure your players are as safe as possible, reach out. Go to brainvault.com, reach out to Dr. Eckert, get a fitting. I'm telling you, this is changing the game. This stuff is already popping up more and more throughout high schools and colleges in the state of Texas. Uh, the Brain Vault mouth guard is going to be a thing everywhere in the not-too-distant future. Everybody Revolutionary piece. Yep. You're right. Everybody's Revolutionary. Aware because whether it's volleyball, when you get hit in the head with a volleyball, when you soccer players, and especially young women in soccer, when they take that ball to have that, that piece that they put place in your mouth to make sure – that uh, your your mouth and your jaws in the right alignment for for uh, concussions and it's and it's all over. It's going to be in the Big Ten. It's going to be everywhere. Whether you and if you're a cheerleader, you want this. If you hit a, have a fall, you don't want to come up with a concussion. And Doctor Doctor Eckerd and his group doing brain ball. This is going to be nationally known very quickly. As a matter of fact, it's already NFL known. So and everybody's used it so far. Zero concussions from having the brain vault in. 
Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Shout out to Brain Vault. Shout out to Dr. Eckert. And shout out to SendTextTickets.com. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to the Texas Rice game at some point this week. So make sure you're subscribed to this channel and make sure you're watching for your chance to win. And of course, if you're looking for tickets to any Texas game this year, check them out at SendTextTickets.com. It's not just the Longhorns, right? They've got Aggie tickets, Texas Tech tickets, Baylor tickets, TCU, whoever you root for. They've got you covered. College football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, Formula One, all the tickets, all of the sporting events all year long, plus concert tickets and Broadway show tickets as well. Everything is 100% guaranteed. Just find them online, sendtexttickets.com. They'll have tickets for your Dallas Cowboys with your brand-new quarterback. That's I was right. going to ask, how about yeah. that? The Cowboys uh, surprising a lot of folks, myself included, with a big trade over the weekend. <laughs> they acquire the former third overall pick from the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a fourth round pick. So the Cowboys make a trade for a quarterback over the weekend. Buck, your biggest takeaways now that you've seen the move. Well, I mean, it. I guess it's all right. I mean, he's still, I mean, it's a story still untold about Trey Lance and what what he, what he, what can he bring? What will he bring? Uh, I know he was a third back quarterback with the third string quarterback with the 49ers. He comes into Dallas as the third string quarterback. Uh, also, maybe fourth, maybe behind Will Greer. No, nope. was Will Greer gone now? Yeah, they let Will Greer go. Bye already. He gone. Yeah, gone already. Mm-hmm. Act right after the game. After he yeah. played a pretty good game on Saturday, he then packed his bags and on his way. Well, yep. well, he still is the third team quarterback here with the Dallas Cowboys behind Cooper. I mean, behind Rush, he's, he has to be. We haven't seen we haven't seen anything of Trey Lance to tell you that he's the backup. And and for Dak Prescott, there's nothing for him to be worried about unless he just goes totally in the tank and throws 14 interceptions. I'm trying to figure out why the Cowboys did this, and I've been trying to figure that out since the news of this trade dropped a couple of days ago, and I, I still can't quite figure it out. I mean, I get it. It's a buy low situation sure. here. You're talking about a former top three pick in the NFL draft, and you're getting him for just a fourth rounder. Uh, he's only 24 years old, so you'd like to think there's a chance that there still is that upsided potential that yeah. everybody talked about with Lance coming out of North Dakota State a few years ago. But – you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think what the Cowboys. Dude is just a bust. What, what if he's just not able to play at that level? Well, the problem is we haven't seen him really play at that level. Right. You know, I right. mean, even Jordan Love over the over the course of, of, of what's going on in the preseason has had a really good preseason. We have seen him. We know, and I know you hate it, that all of a sudden the Green Bay Packers feel pretty confident about what they've seen out of their young quarterback now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. Trey Lance is talking an enigma of what what is this dude? Yeah, I, I beg mean, your pardon. Lance is 23, not 24. Oh, so you've got somebody else's mess. Well, and you gave up a fourth. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, I I was big on Trey Lance coming out of college and I'm already do I'm already ready to admit that I was wrong, right? I, I'm with you. Like I think this guy is a bust. If you can't figure it out with Kyle Shanahan as your head coach/offensive coordinator, then I don't know how the hell you're going to figure it out anywhere else, right? Because for my money, Shano is the best offensive mind in the NFL right now. And, like, that's a guy who's got the ability to unlock the most potential out of just about everybody he works with, especially at the quarterback spot. 
And if Kyle Shanahan was like, dude, I, I can't work with this guy anymore. Like if he is admitting that he was wrong about Trey Lance and he's admitting that, nah, there's nothing there for him or with him, then that's a scary thought. That is well, a scary Well, thought. His, his, his GM admitted and he said, yeah, it's our mistake. That's on us. We made yeah. a mistake, but here's what we're doing. We're dumping this mistake on the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. They want to see what they can do. Jerry Jones. I mean, this is all Jerry. I mean, Dak Prescott didn't know. and No one knew. Jerry just said, yes, we're doing it for a fourth round pick. I mean, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, because you're right. I think Cooper Rush is the backup. Now, I'll tell you what. If something serious happens to Dak Prescott this year, knock on wood that it doesn't, and he's got to miss multiple weeks, I don't want to see Cooper Rush. I want to see Trey Lance. I want to see what the kids got. I really do. Uh, if Dak if Prescott they're not going gets, anywhere anyway, is that what you're saying? If they're not well, probably not, but I just like I I want to see if Trey Lance is anything. Like, why make this trade if you're not going to give him that opportunity sure. there? You know, if Dak has to miss a half of football, right? Like he gets hurt early in the third quarter of a game and he only misses the second half of that game. Let's say it's a concussion or something like that. Uh, then I want to see Cooper Rush because I think right now, I mean, we saw it, Cooper Rush, what, four and one four and last one, yeah. year. Like he gives the Cowboys, I think, a better chance to win a game in that type of scenario right now than Trey Lance does. But no, if if Dak's going to miss a month next season or this season, next season, this season, it starts in like two weeks. Then I want to see Trey Lance. I want to see what sure. the kid has. I want to see if uh, you know somehow, some way, Mike McCarthy, oh boy, can uh, can unlock something there with Trey Lance. So I don't know. I don't know if this is like, look, Dak Prescott's going to be up for a new contract in a couple of years. Maybe this is like the Cowboys, like, you know, sending some sort of message to Dak Prescott, like, hey, dude, if you don't play better or more consistently, then we brought this guy in to potentially be your replacement in a couple of years. So don't just think we're going to give you whatever you want on your next deal. Like, you've got to go out there and earn it. I don't know if that's a part of this thing. Uh, I don't know if the Cowboys don't like Cooper Rush anymore and they feel like, look, Trey Lance's potential is obviously way higher than Cooper Rush. But once again, right now, I think Cooper Rush would give the Cowboys a better chance to win a football game because we actually have seen what he's capable of. But I don't know if this is the Cowboys trying to upgrade from Cooper Rush. Like I, I've been trying. I've been reading tweets. I've been reading articles. I've been watching videos. I've been trying to get like a, a reason that I believe in for why the Cowboys actually went out and made this move, and I still haven't found anything that really sells me on it, Buck. You know, there's still – I mean, there's still the fact that Trey Lance hasn't played enough football. I mean, they. I, I heard that Geno Smith has thrown more passes than this guy has last year Last year alone than Lance has done. In the How many years has he been? Is this four, five? How many years has he been in the NFL – and not play. Uh, he was drafted in 20. No, he was drafted in 2021. So this is what year, year three. Yeah. Year three for him. Mm. I mean, how many, when is, when does he play? When do we see him? I mean, if I need to see something on the field, that tells me that that guy's even worth a fourth round pick. That guy has spent more time in the ice tub than he has on the football field. Mm. You know, last time I saw him, his ankle was on backwards. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't trust in that potential stuff, and, and especially at this position. You need, I need to see some things where it have been going positive for him, and it hasn't been going that great. We still don't see that much of him. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do wonder if the Cowboys have plans for some sub packages for Trey Lance, right? Like short-yarded situations, because we've, we've talked about it. Like, we want Dak Prescott to run more. That was a big weapon early in his career. That was obviously a huge weapon of his back in right. his college days at Mississippi State. But since the big injury a couple of years ago, it just He's feels like – 
you know, Dak doesn't want to run as much. And I'm sure the Cowboys are probably telling Dak to not run as much, which is fine. But there haven't been a ton of QB designed run plays out of Dallas over the last couple of seasons. Maybe Trey Lance is that guy. Like short yarded situations, uh, you know, he just he comes in almost as an extra running back. And you've just got him taking snaps and trying to pick up yards, either once again short yardage or by the goal line. Like maybe yeah, that's those, part of those the plan. Running, yeah, those those quarterbacks don't last very long in the NFL. They run and run and run. There's not a lot of Fran Tarkingtons that start out as Fran Tarking, Fran Tarkington, and end up as Fran Tarkington. I mean, we've seen it with Lamar Jackson. We've seen it with uh, guys. We've seen it with guys who can escape like Tua. They just don't last. It's just that's not made. NFL is not made for guys who run around and go crazy. It lasts for a little while, but eventually when they have to become drop back pocket passers, it doesn't happen for them. And they don't escape like they used to escape three years into the league. And he's yeah. in his third year and he's been using his legs and he hadn't got away with using his legs yet because they seem to find ways to catch up and twist those legs around with Trey Lance. So he's not going to get faster. He's not going to get better as a runner. His, his skills are diminished as a runner as time goes on. I mean, Lamar Jackson's got that life, that, that shelf of about two or three more years. So his skills are starting to diminish as a runner too because they force your skills to diminish once they start hitting you. Once you start coming up with these injuries, you don't, as I said, Fran Targenton lasted a long time back in the day. He still was scooting around late in his career. You don't see guys scooting around and doing those things anymore. They're not like, you know, like Michael Vick lasted pretty long in, in, into his career. He just never was able to really, really throw it. But at his best, he could run it and throw it. But eventually, you start to slow down. You know, I mean, the dog slowed him down. But yep. with the rest of them, it's going to be the, the, the hits, the hits that you take in the NFL. They slow you down. You don't get to come in there as a speedster, as a quarterback, run around and take those hits. And then, you know, in your career as this great runner, it doesn't happen. One yeah. thing will diminish, and then that, that's the wear and tear on your body. So – I, I just don't know what he is. And if he can't throw it, then they're going to have a problem. Yeah. I mean, Trey Lance isn't the runner that Lamar Jackson is. No. He's not the runner oh, no. that Michael Vick was. Like, he's a good athlete. He can pick up yards with his legs, and I would classify him as a dual threat, but he doesn't have that game-changing type of speed that oh, no. some of those guys that you talked about possessed. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Cowboys are going to use this guy. I do know that the Niners draft day trade – to move up to get Trey Lance will go down oh. as one of the worst trades in NFL history, Buck. Well, John Lynch wants to – he is – he's taking that. I mean, he's taking that hit. He's saying, we made we made the mistake. You know, this was not good by us. Yep. But you know what they're doing? They got rid of the mistake. Uh, like a lot of others would keep on going. You know, how guys, uh, general managers and, and owners say, well, we made this mistake. We're going to live with it. He was a first-round pick. We have to – why do you have to – that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, you know. We have to live with it. He's not going to get – he's not going to – you're not going to get the value out of him that you that you signed him for. Get rid of him. Get some kind of value somewhere else. Help, your, help out another position on your football team. He's not going to be the quarterback that you thought he was. And that's why I'm thinking, why do the Dallas Cowboys think he's all of a sudden – he's not going to – if you think you're scaring Dak Prescott with Trey Lance, that's that's silly to me. You're, you've got a better chance of doing that with Cooper Rush than you do with Trey Lance. Agreed. How about this comment from Teddy? You ever buy something you didn't need just because it was 75% off? That's the Trey Lance deal. Yeah, that's that's kind of sure. what it feels like for the Cowboys here. Uh, here. Here's the situation in San Francisco. Here's why this is going to go down as one of the worst 
trades in the history of the NFL. And look, obviously, if Trey Lance turns into a really good player, I don't think anybody expects that at this point. But if he turns into be a franchise quarterback in this league, then this thing's going to look even worse for the Niners. But even if he is a total bust, it still looks awful. Uh, the Niners, of course, just traded Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick only two years after they traded three first-round picks for him. Lance played eight games for the Niners. That's the fewest by a top-five pick for his debut team in the common draft era. Goes back to 1967, Buck. I know that's a little after your time. Uh, the 49ers, they made back-to-back conference championship games in two seasons after drafting Trey Lance. They, they couldn't get over the hump, right? They couldn't get back to the Super Bowl. You would think if they took somebody else there instead of trading up for Trey Lance, oh, yeah. then they might have been able to get over that hump and make it to the big game. The Dolphins, who, of course, was the team the Niners traded with to move up to number three to get that pick, they used the three first-round picks to get Jalen Waddell, and then they traded for Tyree Kill, and they traded for Bradley Chubb. So the Dolphins brought in three pieces that have made them a really, really good football team in the AFC. Uh, the Niners, I mentioned it, they had the 12th overall pick before they made the trade in 2021. Do you know who the number 12 pick was that year? No. Micah Parsons. Great. Could have had him. And the 10 picks after Trey Lance, these are all guys that San Francisco could have had if they didn't take Trey Lance number three. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, and Rashawn Slater. Six wow. of those guys are already pro bowlers in this league. Yeah, but for San Francisco, just think of how fortunate they've been. They pick up Brock Purdy. The last guy drafted is Brock Purdy. So they they may have, you know, as, as their general manager has said, well, that's on us. But you also fell into your starting quarterback, a guy that you love, that, you know, got hurt in the Super I mean, you almost had him for the Super Bowl. I mean, he's the last player taken. How often does that happen? Like, never. Right. And he becomes your quarterback, and he may become your franchise quarterback. So, yeah. you're, I mean, it's kind of a give and take. You fell into something that nobody falls into with Brock Purdy, but you you took the third pick, and you've done something that nobody's done either. I mean, so to me, if Brock Purdy becomes – if Brock Purdy can get them to Super Bowls and it's not on Brock Purdy, but he gets you to Super Bowls, it's pretty pretty even swap. Yeah, you're of always course. Gonna, that's always going to lay on your head, the fact that you took Trey Lance's three. But also, nobody's nobody is anybody ever going to say, well, what about Brock Purdy, that dude? Yeah, it's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy that you know the Niners traded all of that capital to move up to get Trey Lance, and now – I guess not anymore because he just got traded to the Cowboys. But before the trade, he was the third-string quarterback behind Mr. Irrelevant and behind Sam Darnold, yes. who has been classified as a huge bust over the course of his NFL career. Like, those two guys were better than Trey Lance, and San Francisco felt like, yeah, there was just no chance for Lance to see the field. And, hey, why keep this guy as a third-stringer if we can get anything of value for him? And a fourth-round pick, that's not a bad return. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys, I'm sure, could have gotten this done for a fifth. The problem is the Cowboys don't have any fifths next year. Now they, they they traded those to go get Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, so all good. Like those are great trades for the Cowboys. I'm glad they made them, but uh, I think the Cowboys had a far and away the best offer. And I think John Lynch came out and said that yeah, the Cowboys' offer was way better than anybody else. Uh, maybe there were some teams offering fifths or six out there. Cowboys didn't have a fifth. They had to go to the fourth to sure, get this, this is, thing done. It's Jerry Jones pie in the eye guy again, seeing something that he's thinking. 
it's really going to happen. Like Zeke is going to turn his deal around and become a great running back again. This is one of those deals that he sees that is going to work. This is the one that the Dallas Cowboys fans are going to thank me for by getting Trey Lance for a fourth. So in two years, they'll come back and say, so, I mean, it also tells me what they think of Dak too, you know, but if you can get somebody in the fourth, if you can get a, a quarterback in a, as a, for a fourth rounder and he still has potential, I guess you take the chance. Maybe, like you said, if there was a fifth, yeah, I would have done that more so than a fourth. But this is – it's chancy, but as, the, as one of the listeners said, hey, 75, 75% off, who hasn't done that before? Buy, bought that shirt that they'll never wear, but it was 75% yeah. off. It's sitting – it's been sitting in the closet like this guy has. for like, you know, that shirt's been in your closet since you're like 17. You've never worn it, but you got 75% off on that shirt. Yeah, look, no. this isn't this isn't going to be a decision that makes or breaks the Cowboys, right? I mean, it's no. a fourth round pick we're talking about here. I just I still haven't been able to figure out why, and I haven't heard an argument out there good enough to convince me that this move makes a ton of sense for the Cowboys. So, and like I, I don't even want Trey Lance to play a lot because I want Dak to bounce back and be really That's good right. and get a new Absolutely. contract and be you know, the Cowboys franchise guy for the next five or six years. So it's like I don't even want this to look like a really, really good trade for the Cowboys because then that means Dak Prescott is not that good. So it's a mess. All right. Uh, let's um, let's talk some Texans here. Okay. The Texans played their third and final preseason game last night. It was actually the final preseason game of the NFL. It was the Sunday night game. It was on Fox last night. Uh, they beat the New Orleans Saints in the Big Easy if – you or your cousin care about the final score of preseason games. CJ Stroud played a couple of series, two for four, threw a touchdown pass. Pretty solid out there, Buck. Yeah, and after the game, yep, finally, after the game, the Texans were the last of the three teams that drafted quarterbacks in the top five to announce that their rookie quarterback was officially their team's starter. But after the game, D'Amico Ryans, the first year head coach of the Texans, said that CJ Stroud is going to be the Texans QB1 when they open up the regular season against Baltimore uh, a week from Sunday. Your thoughts on what you saw from C.J. Stroud and then the decision made by D'Amico to announce Stroud as the starter. D'Amico played a lot of the starters on offense and defense last night into the second quarter, but I, I, I thought that Stroud looked like a guy who, who has now has control. These are the things I think the head coach wanted to see. Does he have control of what the offense is all about? Does he understand where the ball should be going to? whether they catch it or he gets it there on time. I think he saw a lot of good things from him last night. I mean, a couple series, he went in there, he threw a touchdown pass. He threw a couple nice strikes. The timing looked good. He looks he, he looks good in the pocket. I thought there were a couple times where he could have run. And I think when the regular season starts, he's going to take off and run just to, just to get some of the first downs and then get out of bounds or slide. But he had those opportunities. He didn't do a lot of them last night. But I, I think actually throwing the ball, I thought they protected well last night. That's what I wasn't expecting from this offensive line. I thought he'd be under duress. You know, in game one, he was under duress in, this, in, in their preseason. Last night, I thought he had time to throw the ball, and I thought he threw the ball on time. You know, they had their starting running back in there. So it looked like a starting offense to me yep. that is going to be capable. I don't know how many they can win, but they're going to be – they can be in games. Uh, they, they shouldn't look just like total shit. I think they – I think it's a team that, that can do some things and I think that's a quarterback that can get some, some things done over the next two years for him. Yeah, you're right. The offensive line was a lot better last night for the Texans. And, you know, a, a concerning thing, I think, if you're a Texans fan, was the fact that Michael Dieter, I hardly mm -hmm. know her. 
a guy the uh, Texans brought in in free agency, a guy who's kind of been a journeyman interior offensive lineman in this league for a while. Yep. He actually started over last year's first-round pick, Kenyon Green. And Kenyon Green was awful last season. The guy out of Texas A&M, you know, Houston-area kid, he was horrible in his first year in the NFL. And this offseason, like, totally transformed his body, did a whole bunch of work to try to get things back on track. And I don't know if it's really worked. Like, he's looked a little bit better in fall camp, but you said it, Buck. I mean, the Texans had most of their starters on that first-team offense out there last night, and Kenyon Green wasn't out there. So, like, yeah, that's, I, that's a problem for the Texans. If a guy that they spent a top 15 pick on, and those guys are supposed to be safe, too. You draft an interior offensive lineman, it's like, oh, no, for sure. This guy's going to be good. Like it's not a flashy pick. Oh yeah, no, no, no it's going to work. And I, you know, I don't know if we're ready to use the B word with Kenyon Green just yet, but that's a very, very concerning sign that that guy was not starting with the rest of the first team offense in that final preseason game last night. Yeah, well, you know, you you, you play those last preseason games, and I didn't think a lot of people would play, but D'Amico has done that. He's put his starters in all these games and let them let them roll. I was worried watching the running back. He got a couple carries. I'm thinking, uh, don't give him the ball anymore. Pull him out at the end of the first quarter. But he was back in there in the second quarter. I was like, I don't know if you want to keep doing this, coach. I, it was That's the one guy that I was thinking needs to go take a seat. That's a guy yeah. who doesn't need another hit on his body. No, he's, he's really good. Your second year running back. I'm thinking, no, go sit him down. But he played them. He played those guys. He wanted to see how they played as a unit. And I thought they were okay. Yeah. I did too. Damian Pierce is really good. He, like he's coming off an impressive rookie season. Yeah, almost got to a thousand yards, but missed the last month of the year with a hamstring injury. Uh, if he stayed healthy, he would have cracked that uh, thousand easily. yard mark easily. I think he led all rookies in terms of yards per game last year. So super impressive young player out of Florida. Looks like the Texans got a serious steal getting him in the fourth round. See, that goes to my point. You don't need to spend a first or a second round pick on a running back. You can find really, really good players in those mid rounds. And I think the Texans did with Damian Pierce. He also gave a pretty hilarious interview with uh, Aaron Andrews on the sideline. I don't know if he stayed up for that one. That was in the second half when uh, most of the starters, hell, all of the starters were out. Saints barely played any of their guys. Uh, Yeah, Damian Pierce is a character, but he's also a really, really solid football player too. Uh, So yeah, the Texans have something there. And then back to C.J. Stroud. Let's hear from D'Amico Ryans, that coach of the Texans, because he made the announcement right after the game when talking to the media. And here's what he said led to the decision to ultimately name C.J. Stroud as the Texans starter. It's been over the course of the entire process of OTAs, training camp, preseason games, just seeing the complete product and knowing you know, C.J.'s desire to continue to get better. We know we're not where we need to be as a team overall. We all have to continue to get better, and it's just having the mindset to do that. And CJ, just along with all our other guys, know that we have to get better in that regard. He's the third pick. He better be starting. Come on. I'm sorry. I keep thinking, yeah, he is the third, second pick, number two. He has to start for you, Coach. He has to be yeah. good enough. Yeah. Nah, you know, he has to be good enough. And he has matured even through training camp. You can see that in that young guy. I think he's going to be okay. I think things are going to work out for him in the long run as they build around him, you know, as they really do. And I was, and one thing I was, like I said, I was impressed with the offensive line last night. I was surprised that that dude wasn't running for his life because I was thinking some of those teams are going to be playing some of their starters to get after it for the first two series and then tell them to go sit down until the season starts. But this group really held together throughout the night. They really played well. 
Yeah, they did. They did. Absolutely. And yes, look, this has been maybe the worst kept secret in the NFL. The fact that CJ Stroud is going to be the Texans starting quarterback. I mean, literally since they handed the card into Roger Goodell back in April, uh, everyone's known that Stroud was going to be the guy. He's been taking the vast majority of the reps with the first team in practice over the last couple of weeks of training camp. Like everybody has known this was going to happen. The Texans were slow playing this for reasons I can't quite figure out. I guess they were doing the thing where, oh, we got to make sure it's a competition. You know, we got to make sure CJ Stroud doesn't let up and just assume that he doesn't have to put in any work and he's going to get this starting job. Uh, I mean, I, I think that stuff sometimes is overrated, but everyone has known that CJ Stroud was going to be the guy when the Texans take the field in the regular season. And now it's finally official. And look, there, there are going to be some growing pains. They're going to be some bumps and bruises. I mean, you're right. Over the course of training camp and over the course of the preseason, he looked a lot better. Uh, you compare his week one preseason performance oh, yeah. against the Patriots to what we saw last night against the Saints, like night and day difference from Stroud. And obviously you, you think he's only going to get better uh, over the course of this year and over the course of his career, but it's not going to be easy. There are going to be growing pains. He is going to make some mistakes, but still, I mean, you, this guy should be starting. That's how it works in the NFL right now. You take a quarterback that high, you expect him to play right away. Yes. And, and it's not like, Buck, the Cowboys have an Alex Smith or a Brett Favre no. or, a, you know, a guy like that who, uh, you know, let's sit C.J. Stroud for a little bit and let him learn for a couple of weeks, maybe for a full season. No, it, it's Davis Mills who's the other QB on the Texans. That guy stinks. So no Texans fan wants to watch Davis Mills play quarterback ever again. Uh, go get C.J. Stroud out there. It makes sense. Let him learn. Let him uh, make some mistakes and then bounce back from those. This is the right move, and I'm glad the Texans made it, and I think every Texans fan is too. No doubt about it. The, the doubt for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in their preseason game with the Raiders, I had to see, see. I saw a lot of minority owner for the Raiders, Tom Brady, and I'm thinking that dude, get back in the uniform, quit messing around, hanging around <laughs> in your khakis, hanging around the locker room of the Raiders. Get out there and play another year. Give us another year. You're, mm. you know, your wife is off with the jujitsu guy. The kids are hanging out with their new fake daddy. So come on, Tom, come back. What are oh, you doing? Giselle's already got another man. Oh, she's got she's she's she hangs out with her jujitsu guy. What is Some it? Tua? She hanging out with Tua T? No, Tua T. Yeah, his guy. Yeah, she hangs out with that dude. I so thought you on, were the Tom. fall guy. Aren't you the fall coach? Does that mean Giselle's hanging out with you? No, she's not hanging out with me. Mm. No, 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 no. She's got a, a she she practices jujitsu. So. That's who she hangs out with. I mean, she hangs out. They go on vacation. Jiu-jitsu guy goes, and karate's, karate chops her during the weekends. So uh, it's on. <laughs> They're so doing Brady, a little bit more than karate and jujitsu, huh? That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, and so Brady looked. Yeah. So I saw a lot of Brady. You know, they had him right outside the locker room. He's talking to the quarterbacks as they go out and stuff. And that's kind of cool to see Tom Brady away from football. But I'd rather see him in a uni one more time. You can do it. Come on. I think I think both of those teams playing in that game would give up their quarterbacks to have Tom Brady. Oh, oh yeah, I, I, they probably would. Yeah, like I'm a big yes. Dak fan, but come on, I'll I'll take 45 year old Tom Brady over just, Dak Prescott for this year. I can't even imagine the young guy from Purdue, and he's coming out of there for the Raiders, and there's Tom Brady in the locker room. He's going, that that that's the guy right there. Yeah, the owner of the team. He's about to pull a Jackie Moon from the movie Semi Pro. Oh, yeah. The owner-player coach of the Vegas Raiders. That's what's coming next. Yeah, and the Raiders, yeah, they'd give up on Purdue Kid or Jimmy Garoppolo to have Tom Brady be For their quarterback sure. without question. 
All right, Buck, some uh, more love to some more sponsors. Another new one that we have on Texas Sports Unfiltered. You see the little Bison logo on the yeah. bottom of the screen. How about Last Stand Hats? If you're a Texas fan, you've heard about these guys and the great work that they've done for years. Uh, they've got the best damn hats that you can find. If you're trying to gear up for football season, go to laststandhats.com. A great selection of Longhorn hats that uh, you can get for yourself or also give as a perfect gift for the Longhorn fan in your life. And it's not just Texas stuff. They've got really cool just last stand hats as well. They also have you know stuff for TCU and Texas Tech and a bunch of other colleges across the state of Texas. So even if you're not a Longhorn fan, they've still got some gear for you at last stand hats. They also have some awesome golf polos, Buck. I'm going to get you one of these things. Nice. Buttery soft. They will change your game, and they'll change the way you look and feel out there on the golf course as well. I'm telling you, the best place to gear up for football season, for any season, is Last Stand Hats. Go to the website, laststandhats.com, and buy your gear today. Very nice. Speaking of buttery buttery soft, that uh, that's not what Scotty Shepard's putter was about. It was not buttery smooth at all. It was herky, jerky, missed a lot of putts that really cost him a lot of money because every position in the FedEx Cup is money. And when you told me what the prize, the, the purse, the largest purse ever uh, in that's not um, live golf history, $14 million to Victor Hovland yesterday. 14 mil? 18 mil. 18 mil. Oh, my. $18 million. And I love the, the the guy who came in – whoever came in last place out of the 30 players got $500,000. What a way to make a living. Oh, no kidding. God, being a man, pro golfer, man. that's got to be the best life in the world. You just wow. make the cut and you get paid like five to six figures. Yeah, obviously, if you made it to the top 30 for the Tour Championship, you're guaranteed a half a mil. Even if you come in last place, you're still getting a half a mil. Uh, man, if, if you just like – Finishing the top five of one golf tournament a year, you're set for the year. That's literally all you have Amazing. to do. Obviously, if you win one, you're making a million dollars plus in any tournament, more for the majors and, of course, the most for the uh, tour championship. But, dude, that is a nice life out there, getting paid that type of money to go play golf. My God. Yeah, Victor Hovland's like a machine right now. He was he was really special throughout, and Shoffley couldn't catch him. Scheffler was not going to catch him the way he put it through the course of this. And he's got to get his, I mean, I, I like to say Scotty Shepard world number one is the best striker of the ball, but over the last three weeks, Victor Hovland has been absolutely amazing. And the shots that he's made and the putts that he's made, his overall game has improved unbelievably over the last year. Now, I mean, this guy, is, he hasn't been like chopped liver. I mean, he hasn't, he hadn't been bad. But once he got into the winner's circle, now he can't get out of the winner's circle, you know? And next year will be key because I think, obviously, folks are going to think he's going to at least get one of these majors next year. That's how good he is. But Scheffler has to fix his putting. Or, yeah. boy, I, I, I mean, stroke after stroke. And I'm talking about four-footers, three-footers, BK, where he would lip out. And some of them, he didn't even hit the hole. I mean, he was hitting the ball off the heel, and he was worried about hitting the ball off the heel, not off the, not off the face, not in the middle – but he was heel putting a lot of putts and pulling a lot of putts during the course of uh, of the championship play. 
Yeah, it's tough to watch. I mean, honestly, yeah, Scotty Scheffler entered the tour championship with the lead, right? Because of what he's done over the course of the whole season. Correct. He started at 10 under par, which was two strokes better than anybody else in the field. And he couldn't do anything. He just never really figured it out this weekend. And you're right, the putter, which has been doing him in a lot in recent months, uh, did him in over these last four days. So it sucked. He felt like Scotty Scheffler had a chance to win this thing. And he obviously had a phenomenal start to the season. Oh yeah. And look, he's still been pretty consistent throughout the vast majority of this year, but as of late, yeah, the flat stick has failed him. And uh, he had a golden opportunity to get this thing done and couldn't take advantage of it. And credit Victor Hovland, man. I mean, the Norwegian out of Oklahoma state, he was doing the interviews after he won this thing yesterday. And he's like, dude, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I don't need $18 million. What the hell am I going to do with all of this money? Hey, that, that, that type of money goes a long way in Stillwater. Any type of money goes a long way. It's Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oh, a little bit just Texas sports unfiltered there, Victor. Come on. What is that guy doing living in Stillwater still? Go I mean, back I, like, home. I know he went to Oklahoma state, but dude, Really? Get you got all that know, money? Get, get out of that place for sure. That dump? <laughs> get, out, get the hell out of there. Go back home. Oh, I mean, you could buy the entire city of Stillwater for $18 million. I don't know what the hell. $18 million to win that tournament yesterday. Yeah, and I think it was 27 under for the uh, – he started at 8 under, so he didn't completely – you know, go 27 under par over the course of these four days. But he basically lapped the field. And you're right. Like, Shoffley, I think he cut it to three strokes at one point yesterday on the oh, back yeah. nine. And it's like, well, you know. If he, he could make a putt. If he keeps making birdies and Hovland all of a sudden slips up, then maybe. But Hovland just never slipped up, like, as good as Shoffley was yesterday. And those guys had the two lowest rounds of the entire field. So it's not like Shoffley wasn't doing anything. Shoffley oh, yeah. did everything he could to try to make up the ground. But the problem for him was the fact that yeah, Victor Hovland just was money all day long. And you're right. I mean, he's he's the best golfer in the world right now. He's not world number one. We'll see if he wins PGA Tour Player of the Year. But like right I gotta now. Believe they, I got to believe he's going to win that with four straight wins. I think it's four straight or three straight wins and the big money, the FedEx Cup. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rom won the big major, of course, winning the Masters in a, in a couple. But He's got three wins for the season. I think Hovland that made his fourth. And and the big purse, I got to believe that he'll come out on top for sure. But the good thing about watching that, I got to watch that on my 85-inch screen TV thanks to AV Consultations and Tom McKay in the game. Now, Audiovisual Consultations is one of the largest dealers of most television and audio brands, and they have all the hottest items. Folks, they've got it in stock. If you're in this local area, believe me, or I don't care wherever it is, Tom can get to you anywhere in the world, and he will try by van. Believe me, he'll get in a van and come to you. So you don't have to get all the mounts and buy the TV and try to set this stuff up yourself because audiovisual consultations, they're going to do it for you. They've got the TVs, the Sonos equipment, and they're not going to jack up the prices, folks. They're not going to take advantage of you as a consumer. Tom is going to give you the best deal possible and the best deal out there. And they've got it all in stock. Give them a call today at 512-255-8678. They are the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid. Make the call today to audiovisual consultations. Yep, and they hooked me up with this new studio setup that I have at my place. Got a couple of TVs behind me. You see the audiovisual consultations logo on one of the screens right now. Shout out to them for uh, for taking care of me, for taking care of you, for taking care of a lot of us on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And look, they've hooked up thousands of Central Texans over the last three decades plus. They can do the same for you, Bucky. If you're uh, if you're Victor Hovland and you're 
cashing in and cashing out with an $18 million check. What are you doing? What's the first thing you do if you win the tour championship and get that giant wad of cash? I'm taking, I'm getting a 747 and taking all my boys to, I know I, I won't, maybe I'll play around with them, but I'm going, I'm headed to Scotland to play one of the old courses and I'm heading to Pebble Beach and all my boys are in a 747 with me. And we're going to spend two weeks playing at, at, at golf, golf all around the world. I'm sending them home. And then I'm going to Sweden to find me one of the girls in Sweden. That's what I'm going to do. Oh yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's it. You're bailing gonna, on your wife for a Swedish girl, huh? I'm not married. I'm Victor Hovland. Remember I'm oh. not Bucky God, but I'm Victor. Oh, I'm doing that, the Victor thing. Yeah. Good save there. That's, that was a quick change there. That's you talk about exactly you taking right. all the, all the, your boys, all the Texas cheaters out there, Absolutely. but it's not you sleeping with the Norwegian or Swedish broad. It's, it's Victor Hovland. That's right. I'm Victor. I'm not Bucky. Bucky doesn't nah. get to travel like that. What does Bucky do then? The Bucky, exact same thing? Bucky goes over to Roy Kaiser, has a day, <laughs> has a couple extra hot dogs over there at the grill, some fries, and just plays locally. That's what Bucky gets to Yeah, do. sure. $18 million. You're going to play at a Muni right after you win oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah. We got, a lot right. of, we got a lot of things to do with that money. We got to buy it. Hey, we got to support the kids just like we do in the lottery. It's mm. about the kids. Always about the kids. And you'll have a tip for kids in the car yes, line on tomorrow's show. Relax so. the back. My good friends over at Relax the Back will have the tip for kids in the car. Once again, thank you to the Coburg family and Dan and the gang over there at B Caves. Because you will be changing your name to not BK, but B Caves in the near, <laughs> in the near future. Yeah, you it's Covert B Cave, not Covert BK. All right. Don't be don't be doing that to them. But you will change your name if necessary. Oh, for the right price, dude. I changed my name to Al-Qaeda for the right price. Are you kidding me? <laughs> ISIS, oh. Al-Qaeda. I'll do live reads for anybody. <laughs> Come on, man. If ISIS is forking over enough cash, I'm talking about how great they are, dude. Oh, my goodness. He's That's... just selling out. You, you'll sell out to the Live Tour. Uh, oh, there you dude. go. That's easy. The Saudi That's... money? That's clean. Give me all of that. <laughs> There's not, That's not dirty money. That's now, clean cash. I'm all it's, about the Saudis. If anyone, Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, if you guys are watching right now, I'm in. Call up BK. I'm yeah. in on the Live Golf Tour. I, I won't. I won't charge you a hundred million dollars. You know, you'll, I, you'll take it in just gold, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll, <laughs> I'll take six figures, man. I don't even need a mill. Give me six figures, and I am all in on Live Golf. That's hey, I'm, it. I'm excited, BK, because eventually, <laughs> you and I will get to the point where we're going to have to. And we'll get, you know, wags in on this because he is a fantasy. I don't play fantasy football. I don't have time to be messing around with that stuff, hanging around all those jerks and getting drunk and being goofy and playing fantasy football. I got cousins to take care of when it comes to sports and sports gambling. But there, there, is, there is a bunch out there in fantasy. That I, I always like to know who the number one player in fantasy football is going to be besides Patrick Mahomes. I'm trying to figure out who that is. But you, but but every time I say that name, people say you don't take a quarterback as your number one fantasy guy. Not even Patrick Mahomes; he's not a number one pick as a it, fantasy it, dude. It depends on your league and the rules you have in your league. But now, I mean, usually running backs are the first few picks or like wide Patrick receivers. Mahomes. Yeah, look, some some guys, and and we'll get Wags on, but Wags and I the day you needed a load management day, yeah, one of three that you've already taken, here. yeah. Coming up on another week, it's Monday. 
Dude, what do you got- mean you're coming up on another week? It's the first day of the week. Damn it. Listen, you know, before the tough things start happening, isn't there, a, isn't there a stretch where there's a week off? Because, I, you know, I'm going to get to fish camp. Damn it. I have not had sleep camp yet. When are y'all doing that? Who knows? Uh, Wait, you need to make that decision. Well, when the weather cools off, when I get some more rain brought around this area, maybe. Yeah. I'll when take I forecast some rain. some rain again. Yeah, man. Now we'll get wags on, but look, the, there are fantasy guys who will advise you not to take a quarterback until like the sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth round. Like they're just, they're not as valuable. And the difference between the top guys and the middle of the pack guys is not substantial enough to where you need to draft a quarterback super high. And most teams, most leagues, you only have one quarterback playing. You've got two or three running backs. You've got two or three receivers. So you've got to load up on those positions more than you have to load up on the quarterback position. So, yeah, I mean, Mahomes will go in the first round, but uh, he's not going to be the first player taken. It's probably McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, McCaffrey, yeah, I got that. He's a great runner and a great receiver, so he gets you those points in, in multiple ways. But, but then it's got to be Mahomes or Tyreek Hill. No. A guy like Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill might go at the end of the first round. I think Justin Jefferson is probably the first receiver. Garrett That's, Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. I mean, those guys will be – Garrett Wilson will go before Aaron Rodgers will, Buck. Yeah, that's yeah, I that's how it works. Yeah, now I see how it works. Now I'm I'm getting a little bit of it. But the two quarterbacks have to be, they would have to be, Pat Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, correct? Aaron Rodgers would 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 Garrett Wilson is going to be devastating. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on the weekend. How those got together in a preseason game, and the timing of those two is unbelievable before the season even starts. So Gary Wilson has got to be one of those guys in the first round, right, to go himself? Uh, first or second round. I mean, it depends on how many teams are in the league, but it's usually running backs that go in the first round. You might see Mahomes go. You might see a receiver or two go. Uh, Travis Kelsey might go because that guy basically is a receiver. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, it's and those guys will all be high picks, but uh, we'll get Wags on here to, to get his fantasy expertise because I know a bunch of people – have drafts this week and next now that the yeah, preseason is over. Yep. And and don't be an idiot. Might be too late to give this advice, but don't have your drafts before the end of the preseason, just in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, hopefully you've waited, but we'll get wags on maybe tomorrow or Wednesday to, sure. uh, to talk some fantasy football and try to hook y'all up with some advice to help you win your leagues this year. Speaking of tomorrow, Quan Cosby, the lifetime longhorn, the legendary lifetime longhorn is going to join us tomorrow morning. 8.05. I mean, right after we get on the air, we're going to talk to Quan. We'll congratulate him on being inducted into the Longhorn Hall of Honor this year, and we'll talk plenty of Texas football, of course. Get Quan's thoughts on this Rice game coming up this weekend, and also Quan's thoughts on uh, just the Longhorns as a whole in 2023. So big thanks coming. And one more you know, station announcement, if you will. Uh, we will have pre- and post-game on this channel for every game this season. And we'll be out amongst the people. We can't tell you where just yet, but we are going to be out amongst you people over the course of this season. So keep it locked into Texas Sports Unfiltered so you know exactly where we are going to be. But we will have a pregame show and a postgame show right here every single game day on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And we know we will be out at Covert BK. We will be there on Fridays of home games with the exception of this home game because we know, speaking of Ram trucks and the big Ram trucks that my guys will be hunting, dove hunting starts on Friday. 
And for folks all over the country who don't understand, in the state of Texas, when it comes to shooting the pigeon, I mean the dove or the little birdie, dove hunting is very important to folks around here. Dove hunting starts this weekend. So we know that our meet and greet out at Covert uh, in Bee Cave, we're not going to have that this week. So we're going to make next week the Alabama game, which is an away game. We're going to make that as if it's a home game. So we will have a meet and greet on Fridays at Covert. And we're going to ask you to come out there. Smokey Moe's barbecue will be there. We're going to ask you to come out. We're only going to be there for about an hour. But if you want to talk uh, individual players, if you want to talk about the season for the Longhorns, and plus now you get an advantage, you'll see them play a game. So you can come out and we'll talk about the obviously about the Alabama game uh, the following Friday, but we'll also talk about this football season and individuals give you an opportunity as fans to come out to see a great, great car dealership and truck dealership out there in Sweetwater off of Highway 71 in BK, uh, one of our title sponsors. But you'll also get a chance to talk to some of us. Uh, we'll be doing shows out there. You'll get an opportunity to, to see this unbelievable showrooms. they got three beautiful showrooms out there available for you to see. And they've got a spot just for us that you're going to just love, folks. So come out there, enjoy some barbecue, enjoy some drinks, and enjoy talking some Longhorn football with us. That's yeah. for home games except for this week. Yeah, don't confuse people. We're not going to be out there this week. We'll no, be we out there, be there next, Friday. next Friday. That'll be our first one. That'll be our yeah. first one. The day before the Alabama game, we will be out at Covert Bee Cave. Like you said, there will be lunch, there will be fun conversation, and uh, you get to hang with us and, of course, get to see the great selection of vehicles they have out there at Covert Bee Cave. And we will have guests coming out on Fridays. Yes, we will. Some right. Lifetime Longhorns will be yes. out there every Friday. So it's not just going to be us that you're stuck talking to. No, you're actually <laughs> going to get to talk to some really, really good players throughout the history of this Texas football program. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun, a ton of fun. Very much looking forward to that. And thanks again to uh, Covert Bee Cave and Covert Auto Group for their partnership here with us on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Speaking of the Longhorns, Buck, let's get back into them. Of course, Texas and Rice this weekend at 2.30 at DKR. They had, you know, not a full-fledged college game day show on Saturday because it was just week zero, but they had right. like a college football preview show on the four-letter network on Saturday, and they were given a bunch of predictions for what to expect in this college football season, and they talked about the Big 12, and everybody on the panel had the Longhorns winning the Big 12. Desmond Howard, who's known to have some pretty off-the-wall college football playoff predictions actually does have Texas in the CFP. It might be bad news considering he had A&M there last year. Uh, but obviously, uh, look, the expectations around here are high for this Texas team, but it's not just in Austin, right? It's it's no. all over the country. People are expecting this Texas team to win the Big 12 this year. It sure as hell feels like that needs to be the case. Yes, and I'm not hedging my bet any longer. I am there on a Monday of game because it's game week. It's here. Stop it. Don't don't tell me about Wednesday. I need to learn more about uh, Rice. Or I need to know more about Alabama. I just need to know about the Longhorns. And the Longhorns are only going to lose one game this year. That's it. That's, That's right. The call. My original call, yes. You're I'm not, not going back on this because you've been flip-flopping no. like a politician here. You're, you're sticking with just one loss for Texas in yes. 2023. I'll be very disappointed if they lose a game in the Big 12. And that includes the championship game, which they're going to have to be in in order to make that come true, which means for you, that means they do get into the college playoffs if they only lose one game. You yeah, still not just that way? for everybody. If they only lose one game this year, they're going to be in the CFP. 
I'm only picking, there's only one game, and that's in week number two. The rest of them, they should beat those teams. Wow. So you think they're going to run the table in the Big 12 Conference yes. this year? They should beat Joey McGuire, Jersey Mike. They should beat them all. Jersey you know? Mike? Who's Jersey Mike? Isn't there somebody who never got no mics in there? We got Sonny. We got, yeah, there you go. We got Sonny. We got Sonny. We got them all. They don't even no play Jersey Oklahoma Mike. State. This year. Who's Jersey Mike? I don't know. We'll find one. Someone's got a middle name of Mike in this, this forsaken last year in this pit. Are you hungry? Oh, yeah, I am. Big 12. Come on. Where's Man. the commissioner at? When are we talking to the commissioner of the Big 12? You think he's going to join us? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he wants anything to do with Texas. I think he proved that with his comments in Lubbock last week. He don't want any part of this thing. No, I think one game, and I mean, they're gonna, there may be some close games in the Big 12, but this is the year, as I said, Coach Sark will find, Steve Sarkeesian will find two games that he pulls that rabbit out of his hat, you know? And we, he makes some game, he makes some game time decisions that's going to win the game for the team. And the team is going to, they're going to execute the plays and they're going to win those games. And that, and most of them will come, you know, when, like November and December, when it really, really matters. Those are, that's when it really, really matters. If you're going to have a one loss season or maybe an undefeated season, maybe they go to Tuscaloosa and get it done. Cause remember, if they go to Tuscaloosa and get it done, they go straight on through. That's it. So what? Are you saying one loss? Still one, no. Okay, it sounded like you were changing your mind after saying you're not going to change your mind. Still one, that's it. Okay. Still one. Wow. So which which Big 12 game scares you the most then? I mean, you've got Texas winning all of them. You're saying they're going to go 11-1, and and the one loss is going to be at Alabama in week two. But if there is – Really, the first conference game? Yes, Baylor. Okay. Why is that? I I mean, I – I, I like Dave Aranda. I think Dave Aranda is an unbelievable coach. I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. I think his young quarterbacks that everybody thinks – now, he's not young anymore. He's not, he started, like, for three years now. I think they've got a fantastic running back. But I think they they their program has grown up. You know, talking about off and on. But the, the, the part that has gotten them is the fact they, they lose guys to the NFL. They're not just losing kids to just go off and become doctors and lawyers. They're sending guys to the NFL – and they're send, sending some pretty good players. I think they're well-coached. I think they'll be well-coached on defense for sure. It's just a matter of if that offensive line comes together because I think their quarterback has one of his better years this year. And now the running back, the sophomore running back, was dynamic, I thought, last year. I think he gets even a little bit better. So okay. if the offensive line is good and the wide receivers, which they always find one, you know, they've got one playing in New England that I don't know where the hell that dude came from a couple of years ago to got drafted by the New England Patriots. They always seem to find one track dude somewhere at Baylor that ends up being a pretty good wide receiver. So I think they they're the team that scares me the most. I'm not okay. afraid of I'm not afraid of Joey McGuire's bunch coming here late in the year. That's gonna be a slap down. God, I hope you're right. You know, Brett Yormark's gonna call up the refs and oh. do his part. He's gonna hit the little Buffalo Wild Wings button that he's got yeah. in the suite up at DKR trying to make sure that Texas Tech wins that game. Texas Tech would be on their fourth quarterback by then. <laughs> it just always is. So Yeah, they do we'll have a see. lot of injuries there. Man, I'll tell you what, that Baylor game, like if Texas loses at Alabama, then they lose in Waco, that's a two and two start to the year right there. Now look, if they bounce back and run the table the rest of the way and finish the year ten and two and get to the Big Twelve championship game, mm-hmm. then that's fine. Like people would sign up for that, of course. But obviously in real time, like if the Longhorns are two and two, 
this year. That's going to feel like a pretty big disappointment, right? Now, you know I can hedge my Baylor bet the week of that game to say that I've seen his team play now, and I don't think they're going to lose to him. But I just I just think that'll be a tough game in Wake. That game is in Waco. That will be a touch tough matchup for the Longhorns, I believe. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot from Baylor in week two because the same day Texas plays in Alabama, Baylor hosts Utah. To yes. Waco, but Utah, like that's a really, really good non-conference game. Utah is a top 15 team in the country. Like if Baylor beats Utah, then okay, they're oh, going to yeah. be ranked and then hold on like that, that game. I already think that is going to be kind of difficult for the Longhorns. That's not the game in the conference that scares me the most, but I don't think that's an easy win. I mean, the last time the Longhorns went to Waco, Baylor won. And last year, even though the game was in Austin, that game was pretty tough and tight for uh, a lot of it. So I'm not well, sleeping which on one Baylor. scares you the most then? Is it Kansas State? Yeah, I think it is Kansas State. Um, that's probably the game that scares me the most. Just, I, I think the world of Chris Kleiman as a coach, obviously they're the reigning Big 12 champions. I think they have the best coach in the Big 12. Yeah, it's going to be tough for K-State. Like, look, Will Howard is coming back, and Texas dodged a bullet by the fact that they didn't have to see Will Howard last year. Like, right. Adrian Martinez started that game for K-State, and I, I don't know why, because Will Howard was better. And then once Will Howard took over, he just kind of ran with that job and never looked back. And Kansas State was a lot better down the stretch last season with Will Howard as their signal caller instead of Martinez. Um, but yeah, look, like it, it's going to be tough. K State is replacing two really, really good players. Like that, that, they don't have a Deuce Vaughn. They brought in Trayshawn Ward from Florida State, who's going to be good, but he's not Deuce Vaughn. No. And then K State had a first rounder on their defense last year with Felix Anudike Uzama. Like those guys aren't going to be easy to replace those are the two best players on that k-state team that are now off to the nfl so i don't know that's still i think the game that scares me the most even though it's here in austin uh at tcu worries me a little bit like tcu is not nearly as good this year as they were last year and i think they're they're gonna have a major awakening this year because they they had a lot of things break their way in 2022 and they also lost a lot from last year's team too so i think that's a four or five loss team well, more than anything, it's the loss that they have of the players. Those are those players are in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But TC was just – they've owned Texas. Like the purple kryptonite switched. It used to be Texas could never beat K-State. Now Texas has won six in a row against the Purple Cats, and now it feels like Texas can never beat TCU. So, yeah, you're right. And, and then they didn't have great teams that beat Texas, by the way. They've had no. teams that aren't so great that have beat them. You're right. No, so that's, yeah, that game in Fort Worth right there, and it's funny, those games are back-to-back, right? You get K-State at home on November 4th, then you make the trip to uh, Amon G. Carter right after that on the 11th. Like, that that stretch right there worries me a little bit. It's not an easy end of the year for the Longhorns, right? Oh, the no. four, four November games, home against K-State, at TCU, at Iowa State, and I know, like, Matt Campbell feels like he's lost some of his magic up there, and uh, I, I don't know how many players are going to be on the team after all of this right. gambling stuff continues to unfold. But still, a trip to Ames, like, not easy. That hasn't been the, the, Never the has been. You're right. easiest place for the Longhorns to win games in recent years. And then you end the year, obviously, with that Texas Tech game on Black Friday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that November stretch, obviously you hope Texas is very much in the mix of the Big 12 championship race. But those four games right there, Maybe Captain Obvious of me to say this, but that's going to go a long way in determining who ends up in Arlington this year. Well, for 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 Quinn Quinn yours, this really has a very nice start to play Rice in Game One, and then go play a game in Tuscaloosa. I like I like the way that is. I like a little bit of candy before I get to my. You know, I mean, I mean, this is like having dessert before you get to the main meal, and this is 
for him, I think this is going to be a, a, a great season opener for him against Rice. I mean, this is where he can build all the confidence, all the things that he's really, really worked on this week coming up, BK, at 2.30 in the middle of the afternoon is going to be special for him to then go to Tuscaloosa and play a team that he was playing really well against when he was in that football game early. I mean, he didn't have any jitters. I mean, he was he was just as calm and collected in that game as you've ever seen a quarterback. I mean, what a start in that football game for him. Now, it didn't finish the way anybody wanted it to or for him, but he didn't look nervous whatsoever in that football game. He looked like he like he belonged in a game of that magnitude, yeah. you know? He really, yeah. really did. And he wasn't the only one. It was that football team. And I know what it was. It was because playing at home, playing, you have nothing to lose. You were the underdogs. You were supposed to get beat by, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner. You were supposed to get beat by them. But they came out and played an incredible football game. I wouldn't expect going to Tuscaloosa without that Heisman dude hanging around, without that other dude playing at the defensive end position, gone, yeah. that you don't go there and feel as confident but you've never been in that situation. None of these guys have ever been in that kind of atmosphere. They have not, they have not felt any of that kind of atmosphere in the Big 12. The closest no. to it, the closest to it is when you play at home. And you're at home. But to be on the road in that type of atmosphere, you're going to you're going to separate the boys from the men in week 2. Yeah. You really are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we talked about it last week. The last time Texas played a road game against an SEC team did not go well for Texas. They looked overwhelmed. Now, oh. That was year one and game two of the Steve Sarkeesian era. He's gotten a lot better as a head coach, and this team is obviously a lot better than it was in 2021. For sure. But, yeah, no, it's a little bit different. It, it just means more. We've joked about that for years, but obviously playing in the SEC is a major, major deal, and we're going to all find that out next year. But playing on the road in those type of atmospheres, that's different too. So, yeah, there, there's not a lot. I don't know if there's anything in the Big 12 that no. comes close to what Bryant-Denny Stadium is going to be on September 9th. And, and, and believe me, their, their head coach was not happy, as I said last year, with having to give out all those kudos to the University of Texas. He, didn't, he did not like to do that, and not to one of his former coaches, and tell them how great they looked and how great the fans were. He hated doing that and talking about the atmosphere and having his team talk about the atmosphere of playing in Austin, Texas. He is going to want to stomp them, you know, for the following, get ready for the following year. He's going to want his fans to be in a little bit of a lather in week two yeah. against well, the I think, Texas Longhorns. I think, I think Nick Saban likes this, right? Like Alabama's number four. That's their lowest preseason ranking since 2009. Like it, people always kind of laugh and joke when Nick Saban tries to play the underdog role, but like yes. he actually can play it a little bit this year. And I get it. They're still number four in the country, and no one's ever going to view Alabama under Nick Saban as an underdog. Hell, it doesn't matter if Nick Saban's there. No one's ever going to view Alabama sure. as an underdog. Right. But no, nah, like they, they are being overlooked by some people this year. And it feels like they're being picked by less people to win the national championship this year than like any year since Nick Saban took over. No, oh, by the way, the last time Alabama was ranked this low to start a year, they won the national championship, unfortunately against Texas back in 2009. So I don't know how much it has to do with like, oh, it's just, just cause it's Texas and now they're coming to the sec and what happened last year. No, I think Nick Saban is just on a mission this year. Like people are starting to doubt me really. Like they think I'm done. They think this yeah, is Georgia's right. sport now, and like I, I, I've given up, and I've got no chance. And what, like, no, Nick Saban's on a mission this year to prove some doubters wrong, to show people that he still has it. He's still the best coach in the country, and he still runs the preeminent program in the country. And well, obviously, his first said, opportunity I mean, no, will be against Texas to to prove that. And that's why Texas needed to have that win last year going into this game. 
because this one makes Nick, I mean, to, for him to have to pull that out at the end and still not get a national championship out of it and then have to come back without their quarterback, you're right. He will be on a mission this year, and his fans will be on a mission too when Texas comes before they enter the SEC in their final year in the, in the Big 12. They don't want them coming into to Tuscaloosa and pretending uh, that they're going to win that game. He doesn't want to be patting people on the back. He wants to be talking about, oh, I'm glad they, they're here. We can't wait for them to join the SEC. But yeah. we want to stomp Texas coming to our stadium. Just like, our, like I had to give out all those kudos to Texas fans. They, he wants the Texas fans that make this trip have to say, wow, coming into the SEC is going to be a mother next year. Yeah, it's a massive game for both teams. I did uh, post a video on our channel uh, yesterday, last night, yesterday, that's not a word, last night with uh, a conversation I had with Ryan Fowler, who does sports radio in Tuscaloosa. He's covered the Crimson Tide for a long, long time. And he's, he's kind of talking like the preseason poll is. You know, this Alabama team has a lot of questions right now. They don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Texas might see a couple of quarterbacks in that game on September 9th. Like this, this does feel like a vulnerable bunch. But Ryan Fowler, I mean, we obviously in Austin feel like it's a huge, huge game for the Longhorns and just an opportunity to send a message to the rest of the college football world. Like, right. hey, we're ready for this move to the SEC. But, oh, don't even, you know, we'll get to 2024. But, hey, we might be a force here in 2023. For Alabama, like, it's a big game for them too. It's it's not as big of a deal if they win a close one, but like if they if they beat Texas by a couple of touchdowns, then it's like oh really y'all are sleeping on us? Yeah, like, that's all, right. All that You're right about I was that. talking about like yeah no Alabama we're still really good we're still Alabama uh, we're still one of the biggest factors in the sport we should still be considered a major favorite to win the national championship this year so it's more of a statement game for Texas I don't think there's any debate about that but it is still a statement game for Nick Saban's crew this year. Well, it, it, it's, it's a, a, it has to be a game for Texas because we're talking once again about a coach that's only a 500 coach. I mean, he's 500. That's, that's it. This is, this is a team that hadn't been used to being 10 and one, 11 and one. It's been a while. So this is a team that, you know, if they can win that game, I'm not hedging again. I'm still saying there'll be one loss somewhere because I think they'll have that in between loss where they're just not, and it's not going to be because of the other team. It's not going to be the, because of the opponent. It's going to be because of Texas. Texas will lose the game because of Texas this year, I believe. I don't want to see it. I want to, I want Texas to win two games because the head coach has done some things and the players are going to execute what he wants to have done offensively, defensively, and special teams. But there's going to be that game where I don't know if they can overcome. They, they just – I haven't seen it. I've seen the ones where they get there and then all of a sudden, uh in that fourth quarter, we have that little bit of a letdown. And whether it's one play or five series, it doesn't matter. You lose the game. You don't win the game. You don't find a way to win it. This has got to be the year that they find a way to win that those types of games. Yep. Like the one that they let, like they let Alabama get off the hook. They had them. They were on the hook, and they let them off last year. Missed tackles, Heisman Trophy winner. And I don't care what the hell it was, but they let them get the hell out of here with a win. Yeah, how about this comment from Mario? When do we get Bucky's gold star locks? Well, we got one on Friday and it did not go well. That was that a preseason. Be... That was week zero. That's exactly what that was. That was a zero pick. Did not have enough out there, you know, enough out there to, to give you a real gold star lock. When I get a full slate of games like I will coming up here this week, then you'll get the true gold, gold star lock. I'll make it 5,000 units just to get you back into good health 
for the folks who lost this little <laughs> thousand unit play. Yeah, right now we're all down a thousand units thanks to you picking USC to cover the 30 and a half against San Jose State. They couldn't get that done. They only won by 28. They couldn't stop them. Way to go, Alex Grinch. You really bet on Alex Grinch, Buck. You told all of our great listeners and viewers to bet on that dude. Come on, man. I felt better about them than I did Notre Dame, and I should have known better. Playing against the academies, Notre Dame, you know, they'll be playing the Merchant Marine next week. Yeah. That's what they play. They play all these academies and get to beat up on them. Yeah, they the got wild, the Coast beat Guard. Up- and the Coast Guard, they'll play the Coast Guard, too. And then, yeah. they're, then they're playing the A&M Corps, the Corps of Cadets. That's ridiculous. Cut it out, Notre Dame. <laughs> Stop doing this every year. Oh, man. Let Air, yeah. let, let Air Force have a break. Yeah, look, you, you feel bad whenever you bet against the Naval Academy or any of the military yes. academies, right? You feel like you're betting against America. You know, those those guys are our future heroes. Yeah, it's hard enough to do that at the end with Army-Navy. It's hard enough to, to make that move. Yeah, well, that's pretty easy for me. That, that, that's, that's the only game we have. Yeah, we're betting on that one every single year, you know. Because yeah. I'm also – I'm betting against one of them, but I'm also betting on one, one of the of academies. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I feel good. I, I offset the negative from betting against one of them because I'm betting on one of them. Thank you very and much. That's what America's all about, right? Like, we've a great military, but also great sports gambling. That's, that's what our country is known for. Of course, uh, with the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas this year. Really, it's going to be in Las Vegas. And what an event that is going to be. I know we've had Super Bowls in the Coliseum. We've had them down there in Houston. But a Super Bowl in Vegas, the Super Bowl, the premier gambling day in Las Vegas, that will be nuts. And we got to be there. We we have to be there. Okay. We'll work on we that. got to get there. We have got to be at the Super Bowl. I don't hate that idea at all. Man, oh, man. Yeah, a couple of uh, more shout-outs to some of our great sponsors here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. You see their logo behind me right now, Altstadt Brewery. Shout-out to Altstadt Beer. I had a few Altstats this weekend. Hopefully, you did the same. Get ready for football season with the greatness of Altstadt Beer. Your tailgates, your watch parties, and if you're just staying at home and enjoying all the games this season, make sure you have an ice cold Altstadt, a couple of Altstats by your side. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there, so you're sure to please everybody at the tailgate. And all of the Altstadt beers are brewed with just four simple ingredients. There are no additives, there are no preservatives in any of the Altstadt family of beers so you can feel good about what you're putting into your system. But most importantly, guys, the taste is absolutely there. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. Check out their website, oldstatbeer.com, for more info. More importantly, pick up a six-pack at HEB, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you buy your beer all across the Lone Star State. You can find Oldstat Beer. No impurities, no regrets. And Buck, how about some love to relax the back? You mentioned them oh. earlier. They are sponsoring your tip for kids this year, but I know they are sponsoring your back health right now thanks to that great chair you're sitting in. Well, you know I love this chair, and you know I've been looking for this kind of support for years and years, and I needed to have the support for my back after I had reconstructive thoracic surgery. And when I got to the folks that relaxed the back, folks, they made it happen for me, and my back couldn't be happier. Their motto is live wellness. And right now, folks, you're going to get great opportunities. Before the end of this week, we'll be talking about the great sales coming up here at the end of the week for the folks that relax the back. Now, at the Hill Country Gallery across from the Whole Foods in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live like the buck, pain-free at Relax the Back. 
Absolutely. All right, Buck, let's uh, let's talk some food here before we get out of here. I will mention this. I don't know if you saw this news, but Arizona State has self-imposed a bowl ban for the 2020. Oh, I did see season, that, yes. Which, that's great, considering they were picked to finish 10th in the Pac-12 and they weren't going to ah. make a bowl anyway. So they, they had already Whoa, victory. Yeah. I, I do feel bad for the kids there, though. Like, they – waited until the week before the season started to do this, basically meaning that none of the kids can enter the portal and transfer somewhere else. So I think about like the senior class, like this is some of those guys last year's to ever play football management. Yeah. It's a big deal. You know, to make a bowl game like Arizona state doesn't have huge aspirations this year, but those guys want to make and play in a bowl game in their final year of college football. And yeah, now they, now they can't, and now they can't enter the portal. So you're right. It was a management move by Arizona state. Cause they knew that if they made this announcement That's two right. months ago, then a bunch of guys were going to hit the portal and leave, but they do it now. And uh, we're all about the student athletes, Buck, aren't we? Well, that's all right. They'll be joining the big 12 along with their commissioner. So it'll be about the student athletes once again, once they get here. Yeah, that's what they say. All right, let's talk some food, shall we? The state fair of Texas, of course, coming up here in a couple of weeks, every year, they've got their big choice, a big text choice awards where they hand out some trophies and some honors to some of the best new foods that are coming to the state fair. Do you wow. ever try that stuff, Buck? What's uh, what's the go-to at the state fair when you go up there? Well, you know, I did try one of those corny dogs one year. It took me a while because I just didn't look with – I don't like what the corny dog – once you bought, it would take a bite out of it, you'd see the little thing, the little red thing sticking out. So it just – corny dogs look like little – doggy wieners so i don't i don't i'm not big on that <laughs> oh. i don't i'm not a corn dog fan i mean i know people will wait a year until they have a corn dog and i know people that throughout the year eat corn dogs i've had one and as soon as i saw that little thing sticking out i have not had another and i will not have another the it's red just, rocket the red rocket i can't oh. do it i can't eat a corny dog because just the visual is not good for me wow. so i and i did for years i went to the crazy ass state fair and you know what i'd eat there a cheese steak and it's the worst <laughs> thing i've ever t- what? <laughs> what are you doing be this government cheese jammed in some pieces of meat and i spent the time in the winnebago either throwing up or crapping all over the place because i couldn't because it Dude. went right through me i it's it's like for me to go to it would be like going to uh New England and asking for steaks instead of good seafood. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, or barbecue or something like that. What are you doing, man? I know you're not from Texas, but you've lived in Texas long enough to know. 30 years. I mean, come on. You you should lose your Texan card for that shit. What are you doing? I I just don't know. I go to places. I go to different parts of the country, and I eat the stuff that you're not supposed to eat. Like, here, have a nice Philly cheesesteak up there in Dallas, Texas. Maybe they have one that tastes something like it. They don't have anything that tastes like it. Well, definitely not at the fair, dude. I mean, and there's fair. probably some decent restaurants that you could get an okay cheesesteak up there, but like at the state fair, what no, are you I'm thinking? Not, I'm not eating fried dip monkey penis. I'm not doing that. I'm not going. I, I'm not going to to the state fair to eat chocolate fried monkey penis. I'm not oh doing my it. They God. dip everything up there. In something I don't eat that fried stuff. If it was just fried monkey penis, would you eat that? Is it the maybe, dip that does maybe. you in? 
You Maybe can't do fried just, and dipped. You can do fried or dipped, but not fried and dipped, huh? Yeah, I just don't do all that oh, fried God. stuff. You go to the state fair, you don't get a corn dog, and you don't get the fried stuff. Instead, you get a Philly cheesesteak <laughs> at the state fair of Texas. What are you doing, man? What is wrong with you? Deep fried pickle juice. I don't touch that stuff. I don't mess with it. I don't, I have a hard time going to the fair and eating anything. I just I don't like the I don't like the menu of the stuff. I'm not I'm not adventurous when it comes. I'm 68. My stomach is not adventurous. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So you're eating a Philly cheesesteak at the state fair. Yeah, that's. Well, I don't do it anymore. I learned that lesson 15 years ago. You don't eat anything now. When you go to the fair, you just don't touch anything. I go. I go. I'll go and stop at 7-Eleven and grab something from 7-Eleven pizza. That's what I'll do instead. But I'm not eating anything at the state fair. Uh, I remember when Trey used to bring that stuff around to us. We used to do shows up there, and my doctor. That was his day of eating crap, and he would actually partake in doing that stuff, but he'd bring it up to us, and I'm like, I can't eat that. That stuff will go right through me. I can't hold on. I got, It doesn't hold on to the walls of my belly, you know what I mean? It just uh, kind of slides right on out. So, <laughs> no, dude, I'm not I – don't, I don't have any go-to. What are they trying to do this year? What are they trying to throw into you now? I'm glad you asked. There you go. You see that on your screen? I do. Okay, so those are the winners of the Big Tech's Choice Awards for 2023. You've got three different categories. You've got Best Taste Savory, you've got Best Taste Sweet, and you've got Most Creative. I will read the descriptions of the three winners. So we'll start with Savory. That's on the left. The winner of the Best Taste Savory, the Big Tech's Choice Awards at the State Fair of Texas in 2023, Deep fried pho. Buck, you know what pho is? I thought it said PhDs. We're eating doctors now. What is, I mean, really? No, it's not PhD. It's P-H-O. Oh, what is a pho? You never had pho before? No. No um, pho for me. No. no. Is yeah, that a new creation? No. Is that is that from Viet- the internets or what? Well, it's Vietnamese food, and I know you hate Asian people, so that's probably <laughs> why. I just went fond. I just got fond in my nails. My lady is back in town. Oh, yes, oh, that's indeed. that's why you like Asian people because they oh, do no. your nails. Come they on. all have to be doing manicures and pedicures, huh? Come that's on, what you think? Man. God, oh. no, it's, it's Vietnamese comfort food, but this, it's usually like a, a a soup style thing. Like it's a broth, and they put a bunch of different things in this broth. And it's really popular, man. People love it. Like the, you could find pho restaurants all over the city, all over the state, all over the world. Like this, this is one of the most popular foods nowadays, it feels like. But they have deep fried it. So I'll read the description of the deep fried pho. Bringing a southern flair to this popular traditional Vietnamese comfort food that is both rich and savory, deep fried pho is handcrafted, rolled up, and deep fried Texas style this unique combination creates a perfect balance between flavorful and refreshing. With every bite, you get a harmonious and succulent mouthful of noodles, slices of beef, fresh herbs, bean sprouts, and a taste of aromatic pho broth that has been slowly simmered for hours. To tie this experience together, it is served with a side of pho broth for dipping, lime, jalapeno, cilantro, and sriracha for a spicy, fiery kick. So it's basically oh. like it's like pho deep fried and turned into an egg roll. And it's all and it's hot before it gets to be pho. So, yeah. Would you try uh, this? No. Mouthful of noodles, sp- slices of beef, fresh herbs, bean sprouts. No. In a little I, fried egg roll. No. Nope. It's too hot. It's it's already hot before it gets to be hot. No thanks. Yeah. And it's hot out. On that. 
at the state fair. Okay. All right. On to, uh, I'm not a huge pho guy. I hate soup. Did you know that? I can't stand soup. So you don't like my egg drop soup? No, okay. your egg drop soup. No, yeah, nobody I like egg drop soup. I'm good with that. No, I, th- I thought you were talking like you make egg drop soup. Oh, no, I don't make it. That's because you said I had something against the Asians. Yeah, make the Asians, Asians do everything for you, huh? Yes, that's right. Egg drop no, soup, I, delicious. Yeah, go. I hate soup. All right, on to uh, what is next? Best taste, sweet. And Biscoff Delight is the name of the winner of this one. You a fan of Biscoff cookies, Buck? You know what those I love are. Them. I love them. I like them with my coffee in the morning. Oh, there you go. So, you'll, yeah, you'll love this then. I'll read the description of the Biscoff Delight that you see in the middle of your screen. Immerse yourself in the realm of a classic New York-style cheesecake coated with Belgian chocolate. Each bite reveals the symphony of an outer layer adorned with crushed Biscoff cookies offering a delightful crunch. To elevate this edible artwork, a drizzle of Lotus Biscoff spread cascades gracefully, imparting a caramelized touch Finally, a crowning glory is bestowed upon this culinary marvel with a perfectly placed Biscoff cookie that entices you to embrace pure indulgence. I love the explanation because I always like a nice orchestra in my mouth. That is, I love that. That's great. You want a whole orchestra in your mouth, huh? Oh, yeah, great. I want that. All those people. I would try this. Okay. It's a cheesecake coated in Belgian chocolate coated in... Biscoff cookies, and obviously they give you the giant Biscoff cookie biscuit on top. Yes, definitely try it. I give that a shot. Yeah, you'll, you'll, good luck taking all those woodwinds in your mouth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and a giant double bass instrument, the cellos. The tube over your throat, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> gross. All right, and finally, the uh, what was the last award? Most creative. The yeah. most creative award. It's another dessert, the bourbon banana caramel sopapillas. Love sopapillas because I used to raise the flag at Poncho. So bring in the sopapillas. That's great. You did I'll try that now. too. Oh, yeah. You raised the flag at Poncho's? Is that an innuendo? What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, they have to look when you're, you know, when you're ready for more, you pull up the little flag and they'll bring you more. I like this. This idea, sopapillas. I like sopapillas. Here's the uh, description here hot and delicious traditional sopapillas topped with vanilla, caramel infused bananas, sweet bourbon syrup. Crushed candied pecans, sweetened mascarpone cheese, crumbled Nilla wafers, and dusted with powdered sugar. Yeah, and all I need now is a big thing of, that's right, ice cream right on top. Oh. Give, me some, give me a big slab of Amy's ice cream right on the top of that, and I'm golden, Jerry. Is that ice cream in the middle? It doesn't say anything in the description about no, ice cream. but You need to add ice cream, and everything's good for that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Then you would really be creative if you threw some ice cream in there. I don't know if you can have this, though, because it's got that – you'd have to get it without the sweet bourbon syrup, I think, right? Yeah, I can't have the bourbon mess around. But everything else, you get the caramel, you can get the bananas, you can oh. get the pecans, you can get the Nilla wafers, and then – All I'm missing scoop, is the ice cream, baby. A little, little scoop of uh, that real homemade vanilla from Listeria Bell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two scoops from Amy's. That's oh. right, two local scoops, yes. Yeah. I love Amy's. God, we got to get Amy's as a sponsor on this deal. Yeah, I try because my wife may be listening, but I, I sneak there every once in a while at like 1130 when we get off. And I, do a, <laughs> I do a little lunch. That, that's kind of my that's lunch. That's your lunch? You go to Amy's and get a couple of scoops? I go, I go Mexican vanilla with pecans crunched up in them and call that oh, lunch. Yes. Not bad. Yeah, they're Mexican vanilla. 
Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Shout you out know, to the Mex- shout out to the Mexicans, man. They got that one right for sure. That's good stuff. <laughs> we need to get to Amy's. You're absolutely right, man. Oh man. So you're eating, you're trying the biscoff and you're trying the uh sopapillas, but you're not doing the not the um, first, not the hot, no. The, the Asian dish, no. So you're cool, no. you're cool with the Mexicans, but you're anti-Asian. That's what we learned not, it's today. It's too hot. I can't mess with that hot dish. Yeah, that's fair. Hot just doesn't go right with me. No. I don't know if it's I've never liked hot and spicy stuff. I just I don't. I don't do I mean, basic stuff, basic, basic Mexican food here for 30 years. I don't go to, I don't go to restaurants and have enchiladas. And, I don't eat that stuff. It doesn't, it just doesn't sit well with my tummy. God, that's weak, man. What I about know. Taco Bell? Can you handle Taco Bell? Oh, I can handle some three crispy tacos. There you go. I, I like the special three crispies for sure. All and right. eat those in the car while driving. Oh, it's break so easily. That's the it's worst. The best, man. That's oh when you show your God. dexterity. If you can do that, show your balance that you can eat that crunchy taco while, while driving. That that that's fun. That's fun for me. Real quick. Saturday before, night, baby. Oh, man. Before we get out of here, let me talk about Top Gun rentals and lawn equipment. If you have anything you need to get done, a small home project, a large construction job, and you need the tools to make it happen. Reach out to our friends at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment, all of the biggest brands, a giant selection of everything you could ever need. Two Austin area locations, one up north in Anderson Square, the other on South 1st Street, of course, down south. Check them out online, topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. And finally, Woods Comfort Systems, Buck. You've got that Woods Comfort Systems AC unit at your place. You love it. They do great work. If something's wrong with your AC or you're building a home and you need an AC unit, reach out to our friends at Woods comfort systems they're going to take care of you just check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com woods comfort systems where comfort is our middle name yes and i you know when i get on my other youtube channel of meteorologists you know i could have a weather channel coming up here shortly myself are we getting rain today i am going to say we're going to get a little rain this evening we'll take it we will i get within the 24-hour limit which of course you know, my doctor is still, he's so thankful yesterday. He got winds like you did. I don't think he got any rain. What is it? Did it just rain in Dripping Springs yesterday? Is that all it rained? I don't know. I didn't, didn't get rain, any. You tell me it didn't rain in Oak Hill, five miles down the road there? Nope. Maybe your people ought to go to church down in the Oak Hill area because your people, the Jews need to go to church <laughs> to make it rain? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because here in Oak Hill, we had all the rain we could. I mean, we had a half hour of torrential downpours here. God, I hope it comes to the rest of Austin today. Yeah, maybe today the rest of you heathens will get some of that. Lord knows we need it. Buck, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Game week. Game week. Trey and BK from 12 to 1. Chip and Zay from 1 to 3. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. The Buck and I will be back tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Y'all have a good one. Hook Hook them.